Wrestling podcast, the podcast for fans, by fans, about fans. No, it's about with wrestling. fans. We are fans. Yes, we are. I'm a fan. <clears throat> we are back. Hi. So on today's episode, we are going to discuss uh, probably statistically the biggest C4 show ever, um, which I'm really excited to talk about some of the details about this amazing show, and then uh, we will talk about the week in wrestling. And share our thoughts and opinions on how we think things have gone since SummerSlam and how, you know, where we think things are going to go. And then, uh, and both, I think we have some WWE and uh, AEW conversation to have. Yeah. Um, so we will, uh, we will certainly give that a listen. So, um, I think we'll just get right into it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think, you know, there wasn't, it wasn't a very busy, busy week, you know, no big, big matches or overly large events in wrestling other than of course, you know, uh, some big news when it comes to the competition with AEW and WWE, obviously last Friday, which we'll kind of get into now, which was the fighting back event, uh, fighting back nine, uh, which you are at. That is correct. You are at, um, but no, so I'm interested. We have the card up. I'd love to kind of, you know, I got some questions about the atmosphere, of the show itself. We'll kind of go over the card itself. You can kind of go over any, you know, any notes or anything that you remember specifically. Yes, absolutely. You? I just, I, I gotta, I wanted to, to lead it. I could never remember specifically the gentleman's name who is the reason for this all being together. Um, so before I say it wrong. I wanted to get it right. Please hold. And Doing a little internet research on the spot. His name is Frank. Oh, this is gonna drive me bananas. Well, outside of the name, what was the purpose of it? Well, that's what I'm getting at. So, um, so the show this year, um, I think they really stepped up in how they put it together. Um, I think it's Frank, and then he's supposed to like smelly the hobo or something like that. So, uh, what was really nice was they actually gave a story this time around as to how it all came to be, what the purpose was it uh, was it for, and things like that. So, yeah. um, so, what was the purpose? So, eight years ago, back in 2011, um, one of uh, Ottawa, a local wrestler, uh, we're going to call him, I think it's Frank Morin. Um, if it's not Frank... You know apologize. who we're talking yes, about. We apologize. We apologize. I'm terrible with names. Should have did that research ahead of time, but it's okay. I know I slipped. Still doesn't take away from slipping. I'm falling, but I can get back up. We can get back up. Um, so he was diagnosed with cancer, and what the Mark, who runs C4 and and, and the the group of local wrestlers stuff, wanted to put together a fundraiser for him, right? And they were going to call you know to fight cancer, and. They wanted to make sure that he was the showcase so that they could, he could see that, you know, there's stuff worth fighting for. Um, but fortunately, he passed away uh, in 
believe April of 2011. Okay. And then they put it on the show in August. Right. So they ran with it anyways. All the donations go to the Canadian Cancer Society. What was really nice was that they actually showed a video of him. Okay. That's and cool. I will tell you, very impressive. Wow. Uh, you know, they, they kind of covered his two different uh, characters. He had this really cool, uh, it was like a, it started off looking like a basic back suplex, whatever you want to call it. Right. But he would flip it over into like a stunner. Right. And I thought, oh, that is, that is a really cool move. Uh, and so it, it kind of, it was nice because they showed like a lengthy amount of, of his work. His career. Yeah. yeah. And it, you, I was kind of looking around the crowd, and you could definitely tell that um, he made an impact with people there. Uh, and then we had, you know, they talk about, the announcer came on and talked about how the impact that cancer has, and, and shared a little bit of his own personal story, which was very touching. Okay. Um, and so it really, it set the tone of the night, not in a somber way, but in how important this event is is right so he actually went ahead and said that for the first eight fighting backs um they raised roughly two hundred thousand dollars towards the canyon cancer society wow yeah so this year um it they obviously ramped up the seats and they actually had and cody donated every dollar that made from his meet and greet towards the canyon cancer society which was huge that's awesome um so i'll Tell you the total at the end, you know, just follow along the matches. Well, well. Yeah, well. But, uh, yeah, like I said, it was the VIPs got in uh, first, and they didn't do the typical Battle Royal in the beginning. They actually made that as the showpiece main event. Right. Um, and instead, what was kind of nice is they had the meet and greet in the separate side room, and it just allowed it for a little bit more, because I think the sheer volume of people, in fact, I had gone out before the show actually started, and the lineup was down the corner, around the corner, and then all the way down. So it was it was a massive amount of people. And so it was nice to be able to kind of move around and be able to meet people. And so it was interesting right. as we walked in. And as soon as you walk in, MJF is there, which we already knew he was coming. Um, and then Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. So we got a picture with them. And as I turn around, keep going, turn on the corner, and there's Joey Ryan. Total surprise. Wasn't announced. I uh, was surprised because I don't think, well, at least I haven't seen him there before. Um, so it was really interesting because I'd only seen him in Lucha Underground. So I was interested right. to see. And he wasn't on the card. No. So it was interesting to see what he was going to bring to the table uh, in terms of in the ring. And so we'll talk about that once we get to the um, Battle Royal because that's where right. he was in. Uh, but the pre-show match had the um, Fear of the Beard uh, which is John and uh, Alexander, um, along with... I should really have written these down, but I was too busy enjoying the show. Um, it was some of the, some of the smaller talent, the, you know, the, the up-and-coming guys, they want to give the opportunity. Um, right. So the match was the match what it was. Right. You know, there's, there's no doubt about it. It was what it was. A little early ability for the more independent of independent yes, to showcase absolutely. all the great events. Guys that you'll yep. see on um, Orleans Wrestling Alliance. Oh, um, Tom LaDuke. Thomas LaDuke was in there. Okay. Um, and um, somebody else whose name is, is slipping me. Um, so, that, so, I mean, that match was what it was. Uh, the guys put on a good effort, did the best they could given that 
there was a very heavy AEW crowd there. Of course. Very heavy. So, you know, it's I think it's challenging for these younger guys to try and meet expectations when people are there to see bigger names. Well, and especially, you can tell itself on the card where, you know, like C4 events in Ottawa are always a great and large, largely attracted events, but this one, especially for me at home watching on social media, the social media presence for C4s are usually pretty okay, but this one was quite big. Yeah. And yeah, when you have someone like Cody, MJF, um, you know, Stu Grace and Evil Uno and all of these individuals and more, which we'll kind of get to later on, when you kind of see... Um, Obviously, now people are looking at AEW as the quote-unquote bigger leagues now. Um, it makes sense that it's going to kind of stir more of a crowd. So, yeah. And especially, yeah, 13 matches all together as a night. Yeah. That, that, that seems quite heavy for it, a C4 event. So I will tell you, it went to after midnight. Wow. Yeah. So it didn't. the show didn't start till 8. There was the pre-show, and then they had like, right. some time. But it didn't go until after midnight. And I think... It was starting to weigh on some of the people. I mean, I was just too into it that I was all in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think over time, it, it was a special show. So for a good cause, exactly. Yeah. So I think that there's nothing wrong with that. People want to get their money's worth, uh, and they certainly got that with this event. No, hundred um, percent. So what was the other interesting in, in the first match of the night was uh, Luto Seven, which I believe is run by Stu Grayson and Evil Uno, or they're heavily involved in it. So we got a little bit of wrestling that we didn't normally get to see. Right. Okay. So uh, off the hop was Benjamin Tull as the Loot 07 champion versus Sally. Um, so I'm not familiar with Sally. She is a very tiny woman. And Benjamin Tull is not a tiny man. Right. So this match was made me a little uncomfortable. Um, I'm... Very okay with intergender matches, as long as it's, I don't know if the word plausible, but I gotta at least have a sense like it could happen. Right. Um, but, and there was a couple times where she got off move, she started him, I, I get that. Uh, but otherwise he was kicking the living crap out of her, and it did make me a little uncomfortable, and it made a couple of people who I was with uncomfortable as well, um, just because... And also because, like, partly because of who the character Benjamin Tull is, mm -hmm. he, he he's very heel, pure heel. You know, lights up the crowd, gets them going, and so when he's he's got he had a, like I he honestly had like a hundred pounds on her at least, of course. And so he was just thrown around, and it just at some point in time it just stops being a competitive match. And so I think for that one, and I mean Benjamin retained his belt. But I just didn't buy it. Right. I've seen other women, Jody Threat being one of them, who is stronger and I feel like can match up better with the men. Uh, Sally was just like 105 pounds and it just didn't work for me. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's, that's crazy. So that was the first match of the night? Right off. First match of the real show. Of the real show. Okay. Correct. Do you want to go do these in order, or so do you want to just all kind of the go top people. all the top, like as in these guys are all in the over the top? Oh, in the over the top. Yeah, I see, so, I see, I see. So then here we go. So it's... not thirteen matches. I counted incorrectly. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna go from here up, and yep. then once when we hit the over the top rope, then we're gonna make our way down. 
Yeah. There's a lot of lot of individuals that were on the match. Okay, cool. So obviously we had Benjamin Tull, Sally. Yeah. So I guess my, my, my take on you know intergender wrestling, love it, love the concept, um, especially too. It takes a certain individual, whether it man or woman, to do an intergender match. But yeah, by the sounds of it, and, and I kind of caught that presence. You described it as I kind of felt and read online as well, where it, it almost made it. And I want to say this, not saying this was their. Their, con- their intention, thank you. But almost, it just seemed like it was a man kicking the crap out of a woman for a good little bit. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the feeling that I, along with a couple other people... Yeah, started. and when I think of intergender wrestling, I do think of, you know, Kimberly. I think of Candice, you know, Delray, now in yeah. NXT. You know, Joey Ryan and Candice as a tag team, doing intergender tag teams. You know, Candice doing many intergender matches. And I feel, and it's not about saying, well... Get, make sure that the woman looks strong all the time. It's make sure that they both look strong. You know, I remember, uh, you know, a way, uh, last year we went to one of the C4 events. Um, I think it was Animal House where we saw Cecil uh, Nix Penelope versus Ford. Penelope Ford. Great example. A very tiny, tiny woman in Penelope Ford and Cecil Nix, a very larger individual. But it worked. Yeah. What, how they wrote that match and the back and forth, even though you kind of looked at it and go, well, he's going to crush her. But no, you know, Penelope got a lot of great offense in there. And that's where it kind of disappoints me when I see nothing but, you know, a big, strong man in an intergender match. And all they do is just bury the woman. Yeah. Well, I just feel like, the, what's the purpose? At that point, that's it. what are you getting out of it? It didn't, you know, she wasn't going to get the offense that she needed to win. So then what's the point? In it? And in the right. same time, though... If she did, I don't know how believable it would have been if she picks him up and body slams him. True. You know what I mean? Like, True. You know, you kind of, yeah, it's more of a, an athletic, um, you know, offense or, or, or a defensive offense that one would get. Yeah, so kind of, kind of a little bit of a shame, you know. Uh, I'm sure I'll see it online at some point, um, but yeah, that sounds like a, quite a weird way to kick off the main show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but looks like up next... Uh, you know, capped as the class of 2003, yep. Shane, Shane Simmons versus Zach Manson. How was that one? So, well, actually, um, Shane hadn't apparently hadn't been around in about 14 years. He came out wearing a mask. Oh. Uh, very mysterious. Uh, they put on a great match. There was, you know, a couple of spots where you could tell there's a little bit of rust. Okay. But they're doing some things that were, were, were enjoyable to watch. They had a great back and forth. Um, you know, they played to the crowd properly. Um, I believe Shane ended up winning this match. Um, and then they wanted him to take off his mask. And so he, he's piping up the crowd to do it. And then he flips them off and walks out. So I was like, <laughs> you know, so it, it uh, I was impressed. Because I wasn't sure what to expect because I never heard of either one of them. Uh, but they both put on a great match. Right back and forth. It was a, a classic, solid, independent wrestling match that you want to see on every show because it's right. the stuff that kind of legitimizes your promotion. Right. And it's like the independent of independent. Now yeah. billing this class of 2003, did they talk about that? Like, was this a match that these two had 16 years no, ago? No, this is, or... they were in the same class as Frank. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, cool, cool. So, okay, and then cool. Uh, Shane was selling his shirts and all the money towards from the shirts went to uh, Canadian Kansas City as well. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. looks like up next we had uh, James Stone and little Blay. Uh, take on a tag team oh, no. match. No, it's no? A fu- it was a Is that a four-way? It is. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. I guess sometimes it's a little hard to see how they're mapping this out. Yeah. So we had a fatal four-way. <laughs> Little Blay, James Stone, 
uh, versus James Stone versus Ryan Donovan versus Junior uh, Benito. Yes. So, side note. So, this is actually from the Seaway Valley Wrestling Showcase. So okay. A lot of, some of these guys are featured. Lil Blay was the first time I had seen him. Each match almost has a theme to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, first things first, we go, we, you know, we park the car. Ryan Donovan's um, out there getting his, paying for his own parking. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was 50 cents. So, I, I mean, I thought maybe I should pay for it. But then I was like, well, it's only 50 cents. And it just makes me look like a half-assed yeah. Let me get that for <laughs> yeah, you. Exactly. <laughs> Super nice guy. Throw him two quarters. Just introduced himself. Nice. And, you know, what's interesting, because he always plays the heel in the ring. Um, right. But I was, you know, I, I definitely appreciated it. Um, Junior Benito, I had seen both in the... Um, at 08 uh, or WA, Orleans okay. Alliance, uh, as well as uh, I've seen him a couple of times at the Keep, the, the right. school wrestling matches. Right. Um, he's got a lot of, he's got a bright future ahead of him. He is very impressive. He just needs to eat or go to the gym or something because he's probably, he's probably 140 pounds. Very athletic, but not the most. He has zero, zero physique. Oh, he's just got no mass. Right. He's he's not scrawny in the sense that, like, he's skin and bones. He just doesn't have enough mass. Yeah. So, no one would bill him as a professional wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ryan Donovan actually is one of the better performances I saw him in. Um, nice. James Stone, you really can't go wrong with. The scrapper is always hit, hit, fantastic. Hit, hit, hits the nail on the head every time. Uh, I believe he, he won this. Lil Blay was obnoxious. I don't know what his deal was. He was wrestling with his pants around his ankles. Uh, well, figuratively, but almost... Uh, and then step do this dance thing. Uh, I don't really get those gimmicks. No, I've, I've seen him once live before a while back, and that was a popcorn break, yeah. a washroom break for me. So otherwise, the rest of the match was great. I mean, I think they put on a good show. Uh, like I said, Junior Benito, he is very young. I think he's 18 or 19. Um, mm, but he has done really well for himself. And uh, and so, yeah, this one I was definitely, uh, I definitely enjoyed watching. No, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, especially, you know, it's always good to see you know, people like Junior Benito be... Now, I'm not going to say that C4 is anywhere near the big time, but I view, and I know we both view C4 as a great starting ground for professional wrestling. Well, absolutely, especially 18 years have... old, like, that's great to see that someone that young is, is being able to mix it up with people, you know, such as James Stoughton, who's been an independent wrestler for quite some time, you know, for, former tag team champ, you know, former... Um, I'm trying to remember where he was the world champion of. Oh, my God. Anyways... No point of remembering that. But no, great to see him. Uh, so next up, looked like we had... What do we got here? The La Lutte, La Lutte Sivre. So I think this is a different promotion. I'm not familiar with it. Okay. So we it's had... not Luto 7. So it's a different... A uh, different uh, French yes. wrestling organization. Okay. So, so Lefisto, who Lefisto. I've seen before. Yeah, versus uh, someone we've seen many, many times. Beast King. Uh, Beast King. Yeah. This is one of the better matches from the Beast King. Ooh. Uh, and... Again, this is a prime example, I think, of a intergender that works. Because a Beast King is always more show than... Yes. He's the body. He's right. The, he's the entrance. But he typically gets pummeled. Right. Um, so, but Lefisto put on a great offense. They got out in the crowd. Uh, she actually busted him open on top of his nose. Oh. Um, uh, Alan, my buddy of mine who went, uh, he got a nice up-close personal view of the match. As at some one point in time, Lefisto was taking a break uh, on his lap. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, they had a great time. And um, 
this was actually, I mean, Lefisto ended up winning, and she won wow. through, nice. uh, I can't remember if it was a schoolboy or a small package, or I don't know what the difference is. But It was a roll-up type Some move. sort of roll-up, right. so it was plausible. Um, and again, this was, I'm not familiar with the promotion, but I'm familiar with both of these wrestlers. And so they, uh, they put on a great match, surprisingly, given also that Lefisto is like five foot tall, and Beast King is not. He's like easily six, something around there, around so, six one. Yeah. yeah, so you know, even the size difference, but they had some chops going. Um, I mean, even he was lighting her up. So, what was different between that and the Benjamin Tall one is that Lefisto looked like she could take it and dish it, right? And so it was a little bit more plausible, a little more on the even keel. Of I, I get it. I can see how this match can unfold right. the way it did. A good a good redemption intergender match. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Alright, so it looks like right after that we had the <clears throat> No. No. That was the main event. That was the, that's right. Okay. So we'll slide Let's into that. Slide one. right into next here. So this one we look like we have a six man tag. That is correct. Evil Uno and Butcher and the Blade. Yes. Love Butcher and the Blade. Taking on Joey Janella, which this one was billed as Joey Janella's last that independent match. That is correct. Well, it's match definitely his last match. In C four. That's correct. In C four. Uh, so Joey Janella, Kobe Durst, and and the former actually sorry both Kobe Durst and Matt Angel, both former C four World Heavyweight Champions. Current. C4 tag team champions. And cur- uh, I was going to say, that's where I was pausing a little bit. I'm like, wait a minute. Yes. They're both champions, tag team champions. So right. so this was another good match. Um, you know, the crowd loves Joey. The crowd loves Evil Uno. The crowd loves Butcher the Blade. The crowd loves Kobe Dirt's Mad Angel. So the crowd was behind <sighs> all of them. It's very six crowd favorite individuals. Absolutely. Yeah. With all the very different style. Um, I'm not overly sold on Pepper Parks. Not necessarily in this tag team, but in general. Right. Uh, I just find that he is a little too tanned, a little too leathery. Um, but and the face mask, yeah. But Andy Williams is money. That look, that the way he is. Oh, at one point in time, Matt Angel, I think it was, or Kobe Dirt's one of the two, was super kicking him while he had the other one in a move, and he's just like, "F you, <laughs> f you," and but you, you're like, "Yeah, I get it, I get right. it," and so. They put on a fantastic match. I believe Joey Janela, Kobe Durst, and Matt Angel came out on top in the end. Um, but again, what I kind of like is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because these types of matches don't change a story or anything like that. Right. So it was just enjoyable all the way through. It was nice to see Joey Janela one final time. Uh, he had a very wonderful speech at the end, uh, thanking C4 and talking about how really Mark was one of the early people to give him a chance. When, That's awesome. when others wouldn't. Especially so, the last time C4 was in Ottawa that Joey was supposed to be on, he wasn't able to attend. That's right. So, so even bef- and this is, comes even before he took that dive off the top of the store. Right. Or whatever it was. Right. The trash, the end of the back yeah. of the truck. So, you know, so he's got a connection with C4, and so it was nice for him to say his final words. Everyone gave him mad respect, and uh, and then we moved on. No, that's awesome. Yeah, this one you can't go wrong. And that's, you know, and you said something that's really true and what I love about events like this where when you're doing, you know, like fundraising, sponsored events where a lot of it is about the purpose, you know, in this one it's really about fighting back, fighting back against cancer. All of the storylines can go out the window. You know, we can just put people together and enjoy wrestling. So, it's you know. It's the way that a super show on WWE should be. Yep. The problem is, is that WWE tries to carry storylines 
into the Super Show, yeah. and then after the Super Show, into the next pay-per-view, and two weeks later, and there's not enough to yeah. carry it through. I think sometimes us as fans, even with WWE, it can get really, you know, when they don't do it at the right times, we'll complain, and when they do do it at the right times, we'll yeah. also complain. But, but uh, I no. see what you told. I totally see what you mean. Yeah. And so it's great to see that this night, especially a match like that. And the crowd wins either which way because you get to see six individuals that are badass in a ring together. Yeah. So, all right. So it looks like this the, is the co-correct main event. So this came after the intermission. After the intermission. Uh, so obviously Cody Rhodes and his quote-unquote best friend MJF. If you're if you're following, you're being the elite. That is mm-hmm. uh, versus uh, one of my favorite independent tag teams, TDT Tabernak the team. Yep. Um, how was this? So. There's, you know, a little bit behind this, um, MJF was taking pictures, charging people to take <laughs> pictures, uh, which, you know, while most don't, it fit into his kind of character. Yep. Um, and then, so TDT came out, and then MJF came out, and then Cody came out, and Cody, like, the pop was massive for Cody. Oh, God. Uh, and everyone was all on board, and then even before the match started... Uh, you know, MGF talked about how crappy Ottawa was, and he talked about how much money he raised up these people. You know, you hate me, yet you wanted my picture. Look at all this money I have. And Cody's like, well, you don't need it. And he took the money from Cody. And there was this little girl, she must have been six or seven, sitting in the front row with her dad. Dad was AEW shirt and all that stuff. And he gives her the money. And I was like, ah, oh, it's probably 10 or 20 bucks. So after the match, um, before they, or sorry, at the end of the night, before they gave the total, the the child, the girl wanted to donate the money. Well, it turns out it was one hundred and seventy five bucks American. Whoa, it's like a thousand dollars Canadian. <laughs> so, because I was like, oh, it's probably ten or twenty dollars, just kind of playing up. I'm right, like, right, oh, right. This is some some good chunk of change a little, a little for this 20, kid. Twenty, yeah. So, uh, so she, you know, did a wonderful uh, thing. And That's awesome. Her money, but uh, but it just kind of showed that like. They were all in. So the match went on, and it was going to be... I thought it was going to be interesting, because typically when TDT gets involved, doors are there, and things kind of... The lines of... And like it is in NA versus C4, the, the, there isn't usually a disqualification called. It's very rare. They kind the of... The ref lets it go quite Well, they'll allow certain things to go, like yeah. chairs, and then something else happens. They're like, oh, no, you can't use that. Yeah. So um, the match went back and forth. Um... TDT again did did their thing, and then Cody and MJF started to get in a little bit of a, a disagreement on strategy. And at one point in time, MJF tagged himself in, and then threw a hissy fit. And so he's like, "Screw it, I'm out of here." And so he goes to go out this, into the backstage, and Sean Spears appears oh. through the curtains, oh. and I lost it. I jumped out of my seat. I was freaking out. And it was funny because earlier I was like, man, it would be neat. It would be neat if he was there, but it didn't make any sense. Because it wasn't an AEW show. Right. While there was AEW wrestlers, there was no storylines carrying through. It was just, yeah, they happened to be there. And even though there are storylines, we're not progressing them tonight. We're yeah. focusing on the event. Right. So to him to come out, and it was the Cody Sean story. Right. And Obviously, the only difference is no Tully, which would have made it probably even oh, crazier. I would have been so pissed that I didn't go to that one if Tully uh, was there. But I was freaking out. And From so, a Tully action figure. You know, so he gets in the ring, and he's got, a, you know, he's got, I think he had a chair with him. 
and then all of a sudden um, TDT gets involved and so the four of them kind of turn on Sean and then they start beating him up and then he finally escapes and it was just it was really neat because it goes to show the impact that C4 has on these wrestlers 100% right that they're willing to put their current stuff involved in it 100% so that was super cool and I really I, I really dug it and then now there was a little bit of a moment as well where you got a great photo opportunity. I did so it's part of it they got into the crowd and you know people were clearing out and I was like no nah, I know better I know better because I think I was right on the edge of where they normally go through and so at one point and they kind of they didn't say move Cody and company didn't failed to warn anybody usually they give you the second warning <laughs> yeah out of the no, way they just and the, and there was a lot of new security guards. Okay. So just for the sheer volume, there was the regulars, but each looked like each regular had a couple of new guys. So they weren't reacting as quickly. Not the end of the world. But I just decided to stay in my seat, and Cody decided to take a rest on me. And I thought, <laughs> this is so cool. We got uh, a, on our uh, six one three wrestling on Twitter. We we should. Uh, it's on there. Should, is, the it, is it tweeted on there? And the Insta. Okay. Perfect. So, perfect. Yeah. So that was just it was just one of those things like you know you you'll always remember. Um, so it was just really cool. And then, so the match kind of dissolved when Sean showed up and so we never really got a proper ending, which is, which is fine. Um, but Cody started talking about Ottawa and how he won't forget Ottawa and how he wants to bring AEW to Ottawa. That'd be cool. It will be again. Things get said, and it could be moment. broken promises. Who knows? Yeah. Like we got to really see how this. They haven't even had a TV show. First. Exactly. So, so you know, we'll see whatever. It's it. wishful thinking. And then obviously the fans got behind TDT and wanting Cody to sign TDT. Of course. So I started recording, and I was like, "This could be like maybe that the on the spot offer yeah. or a preempted offer. Who knows? You know." But so they went on and talking about it, and he's like, "Well, I got to talk to Kenny." So his AEW handler guy was there, and he passed the phone to him, and. He dials Kenny and there's no answer, whatever. And it went on for like seven or eight minutes and it ended up being nothing. So okay. it was a little disappointing in that because the crowd really got behind them. It was, this would have been a super special moment that just built to nothing. So right. I don't know if there's, they're in talks or, or what the, you know, how it does Cody really have that much say that he can just make a decision. I don't think he does. Right. I think it's Tony Khan's money. I so I think it goes through Tony Khan, to I, be completely honest. I agree. So that was just unfortunate. Um, but it certainly didn't ruin the match. Uh, it was it was fun. Uh, it was a great moment for, for everybody. Um, before we get to the over-the-top finale, the one point I will take issue with is there was more camera guys and video guys than there normally is. Okay. And... So normally they have the hard cam, it's on the one wall, yep. and they usually have the one picture guy and maybe a second picture, uh, a smaller uh, video guy, hmm. um, you know, to get the different angles. But right. they had this, they had another uh, woman taking pictures and this other guy, the guy kept standing in her way, taking his video, and it's, the issue I take with it is I paid money to see what was going on in the ring. Yeah. I didn't pay to see the back of somebody standing right in front of me. Yeah, and they it, should never get in the way of a show. And it happened quite a bit. Um, the same guy on our side of the ring. And so it just, it it irked me. Not enough to like, oh, my night is ruined. But still though, yeah. it, you are part of the show. And, it's been, and, they, and I know a long time ago, they taught, I remember 
God, this is a long time ago. I remember uh, on um, um, a JR podcast, they were actually talking about production. And he was, I remember a long time ago, a couple of years ago, he was saying that Vince is like um, cameramen, even though like, you know that they're there, the photographers are there and there's lots of them. They are taught to be very completely yeah, so not you, in the way. So you, you get never down, block anyone's right. vision of the show. Yeah, so you get down, so, crouch down, and you film from underneath the bottom yeah. rope. Well, they weren't doing it. He was just yeah. standing there with his camera. So yeah. that was my only, that was probably my only amateur biggest issue was just that was really annoying. That 100%. You, you spend the money, and even though, yes, I'm sure maybe his view could have been, well, I'm trying to get a photo. It's like, yes, but you need to be more you know, silent in the way you're doing it, yeah. not blocking the paying audience. Yeah, because the other guy's very get. good. He'll apologize. He'll be quick. He takes a picture. I know. He moves. He Is that the guy, the guy with the longer hair, I believe? No, there's different guys. Different, okay. There's a guy, I will tell you, so um, um, African-American, African-Canadian gentleman, uh, glasses, bald head. Okay. He's there often. He had an incredible shirt, though. I, I forgot to ask where he got it from. What was it? It was the, uh, you know the Garbage Pail Kids? Right. The playoff of uh, Couch Patch Dolls? Yep. But they were uh, wrestlers. Oh. Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man. I can't remember who the other two were. Oh, I was like, cool. oh my god, that shirt is so awesome. That's cool. But I digress. I, I geek out when it comes to collaboratory things. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you, if anyone's listening out there, they are very, very soon. I should check my Instagram. I put is it He-Man? No. Ghostbusters. Oh, because And WWE combined in a five set. Individual. Yep. But you have Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold, The Rock, and John Cena in their each Ghostbuster outfit with Proton Pack. And then you have the big ghoul, the Undertaker, completely purple with an all-green Winged Eagle Championship belt. I need this as part of my collection. So there's a new one, too, coming. It's a, I heard about this the one, The He-Man yes. with WWE. So yep. He-Man f- styled figures, yep. but as WWE. But WWE figures, yeah. yeah. I, 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 they came out, I remember when they came out with like the zombie ones yep. and all that stuff so i collected a lot of them but now i'm only focused because i thought they were more rare right. um i did a figure count and actually very very soon um i actually just counted i have uh, 298 figures you are crazy yes so very soon what i plan on doing is hopefully setting up uh, doing a little unboxing Ooh, for some of the figures boy. i just purchased the uh what is it the san diego um released um ultimate warrior Oh. Um, Ultimate Edition pack. Hopefully it's worth more than Ultimate Warrior's career. Hopefully. He's dead. Easy now. (laughs) Well, I didn't mean him as a person. Kidding, kidding. All right. All right. So anyways, now that we got the main event, which looked to be... Hold on. Let me get back up here. Um, New Legacy Inc. presents the Over the Top... Uh, for Fighting Back 9, the main Correct. event was a over-the-top rope battle royal. Yep. Uh, I'll kind of run through uh, the individuals who we had billed on being in here, and you can kind of take uh, us through. I think most of them, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four. Yeah, so all of them, uh, yeah, except for the exception of... Um, You're saying the one... Raheem the, Ali wasn't yeah, there, Ali. but Joey Ryan came in, he was there. Everybody else right. seems to be there in one facet or another. Right, so we had obviously Joey, Joey Ryan, uh, who wasn't billed for it, who ended up coming in. Uh, Raman Ali, who was billed for on the card for it, but they did not join it. Uh, alongside, we had Dino Benjamin, we had Spunk, and Logan of the hashtag The Best. Yep. Uh, we had Tara Calloway, Nick Sullivan, Brad Alexis, Tom Fulton, Green Phantom, The Animal, Bob Anger, Puff, Michael Von Payton, known as MVP, Shelton Benjamin, 
Shelton. Shelton I always, Benjamin. I, I, always, I, always, I always call him Shelton Benjamin. Uh, Sheldon Jean. Um, Jody Threaten. Kevin Blackwood. PCPF and Manny. Yeah. Uh, crazy name. Um, Donovan Danhausen. Tony Deppen. Daniel Garcia. Vaughn Vertigo. Jonathan Rukin. Gabriel Fuerza. Fuerza. Fuerza and Sexy Eddie. Yes. With three X's. Yep. And of course, Stu Grayson. All in this over the top boat, battle royal boat, over the top rope, battle royal. I'll get it. Um, so, question before you get into it Was there anything on the line? Was it pride? Yes. So, the winner got a future C4 championship match. Big. And who is the current C4 heavyweight champion? That would be the walking weapon, Josh Alexander. Who is not on this event. No, but they have, uh, they had, uh, I think they had commitments with uh, Impact. Yeah, which makes well, him and uh, Ethan Page. That's correct. Um, are, they are they tag team champions right now, which is awesome. Uh, so anyways, walk us through this. What so the I, won't, uh, I will break down every every moment of the thing. Uh, you know, it was like any Battle Royal. It was enjoyable. Um, it was nice to see uh, MVP and Sheldon John get in the same... Because they've been trying, you know, they're they've feuding been, together. Yeah, they've been a tag um, team before. PCPF and Manny is rough. I mean, he's yeah. older. He's right. like an old school hardcore wrestler. Uh, he just he just looks old. Uh, but I get it. You know, it's a lot of in these types of situations, like a Royal yeah. Rumble. Yeah, you can I, bring them in. The gimmick, yeah, the gimmick rumbles. You uh, see people come Tony back. Deppen, who I'd seen before, he's great. He, he is really funny. Yeah. Uh, and he was in there quite a bit, so it was nice to see him. Um, Puff had a great showing as, as you know, the crowd is always behind Puff. The, you know, it's hard to kind of recap all the different pieces because, you know, things get a little There's hectic There's a lot that there. go on in a battle Tom world. Fulton didn't last very long. I'd never seen him before, so I wasn't really heartbroken. Um, I will tell you, though, things got... Oh, there's another guy in here. If you scroll up, I don't think he is mentioned, which means somebody else wasn't in that was supposed to be there. Some changes. Uh, is he Cannonball? Cannonball. Eddie Cannonball, Mike Cannonball, something like okay. that. He's a heavier set gentleman. Right. Uh, he was in there. I don't know who wasn't then, uh, or if it wasn't part of the original list. Uh, now that I think about it, I think there's probably five names that aren't on that. Do you page. remember who the final four were? No. No? Uh, do you I remember who the final two I was? I do! Because uh, I don't know. I, I purposely, I do not know who won. So... Okay. So I didn't get a chance get to see to this, that. so I kept it away. So before we get to that, we'll get to the Joey Ryan situation. Okay, Joey Ryan. So Joey Ryan uh, is a very polarizing character. Right. Uh, he has his penis power, which some people like, some people don't. I don't. I I actually enjoyed his character in Lucha Underground because it was so. very different than everything else in Lucha Underground. Uh, but now his character's kind of ramped up. AEW had the thing where he had the inflatable penises. Uh, in all the in. penis druids. Yeah, so you know he's got this thing, and I'd I'd read before about this this you know penis power thing he had. Um, there was a lot of it in this match, <laughs> and so I had actually purchased one of his shirts because I I'd seen him in Lucha Underground, and I enjoyed him, and then I I liked the shirt. Um, it's a very you shirt. Yeah, and one of these days I will lay out all the shirts and and show my collection, but. Um, that's a video on its own. Yeah, and then I and then I see in the match, and it made me really uncomfortable. <laughs> like he did the penis power thing. He actually eliminated Boris the Bear. He's one of the guys that wasn't oh, on this list. Okay, Boris the Bear. Um, and with his penis power, along with somebody else, um, I can't. But there was a lot of like touch my penis, Ugh. like everywhere, uh, and it was it got to be too much. I'm all for you know playing up a gimmick, but it got too much. And then I mean. 
he's called the king of sleaze, so you have to take a lot of it with a pound of salt. Yeah. Um, because that's his character, as opposed to being who he really is. But then, um, this is why I remembered, uh, I think it's Mikey Cannibal or something like that. Um, something Cannibal. The uh, the woman wearing the, uh, Tara Calloway, who wears the... Um, Panda outfit? Maybe it wasn't her. Dinosaur it outfit? No, it's uh, it looks like a Pokemon. Uh, oh, that's no, sorry, it was another female wrestler who came in, and he did what he calls the buoy suplex, uh, and it was super awkward because yeah. he actually grabbed her breasts and then did like a German suplex. Yeah, and then the gentleman, the, the Mikey Cannibal, he's apparently married to this woman, and he says, "That's my wife." And then he does the booby suplex on that guy. Grabbed his boobs and his moves and did the suplex and they both got eliminated at some point. Um, it just... It's not for me. You know, the the gimmick, and it sucks because I love the shirt. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. Then there's the other piece. So, in order to... I think part of this thing for his penis power is his lollipop. Yes. So he puts Where a lollipop. He puts it into his in trunks. His trunks, <laughs> and and it's not like he, he fakes it. It was in there, and it well, was in there, in there for a. He was in that ring for quite a while. He's a hairy individual. Uh, and Danhausen, uh, Donovan Danhausen, who's got this kind of creepy vampire type thing, which I, right. I actually really enjoy him. Um, he actually seems like a legitimate nice human being in real life. Um, <laughs> so at some point in time, he came out with a jar, and you don't really know what's in the jar. And so he actually puts the lollipop in his mouth. So a lollipop that, if anything, is believed to be sitting in Joey Roger's crotch for a good period of time is now in Danhausen's mouth. And he's sweaty in the ring. Yeah. yeah. And then he takes his jar and it's full of teeth and he pours it all onto Joey Ryan and enjoys Ryan's mouth and he does something. Um,. So people, so you know, they posted a picture of it on Facebook, and people are like, "Oh my God, those are te- the real teeth! Like that's disgusting." And I was like, "No, the fact that he actually has Joey Ryan's sucker in his mouth is far more disgusting than anything else." That and these fake teeth in yeah. that entire show. Um, so this is where I, I get the Joey Ryan gimmick. Some people love it. I I like to visualize him. I don't even mind the sleaziness to a certain extent. The penis power and the booby suplex I can do without. Right. So, that aside, they obviously didn't make it. The final two, Daniel Garcia, one of the Buffalo brothers, who has a, a an amazing story coming back from two broken legs from that severe car accident, finding out, um, reading the great Q&A with Mark, who runs the promotion. Right. Um, I tweeted that out last week. You guys should check it out. Um, Daniel's only been wrestling for like two and a half, three years. Oh, wow. Um, at least at this, you know, so he's done a fantastic job for the amount of time he's been wrestling. Um, and him and Stu Grayson had a story from the prior one when the when the Dark Order came together again. And uh, actually, during the match, uh, Evil Uno comes out, and the his minions, I can't remember what they're called. They're not called minions. He calls has a specific name for them. Yep. Uh, they come out too, and so you know they're doing this, that, and the other, and uh, and eventually uh, Daniel wins. Ooh. And it was a really nice moment. I think for a lot of reasons. Uh, I think people see the struggle he went through, and this was kind of like a crowning moment for C- from a C four point of view. Right. Uh, and Stu's leaving, so it was kind of that like 
way to cap off that story. It's like a, a, a like a passing of the torch. Yeah. Yeah. Stu is is very much a obviously when most of us think of Stu Grayson, we think of a C4 product. Yeah. So Yeah, so all in all it it, it you know was a nice final moment for them. And uh, you know, all the Buffalo guys came out and uh, congratulations congratulated well Congratulated uh, Daniel Garcia. Yeah. <laughs> Red Death. Uh, Looks and, like a shaved Fandango. Yeah. So, you know, so, so it was great. It's awesome. Um, so, then at the end, they, they released the total. Uh, right. And, you know, made a little speech. So, this event, just... Just that night. Just that night. August 16th. Raised over $50,000. Holy shit. $50,000. That's incredible. So, a quarter of the previous eight years made in one year. Um, so, that was pretty phenomenal. It really touched everybody, and you could tell that everybody was really behind this. That's that's a um, lot for a one single yeah. independent. I mean, obviously, having the AEW guys there was a bonus, but... I'm sure, what, obviously, Cody and MJF yeah. and everyone... Cody himself probably skyrocketed that big time. Yeah, but why not? But why not? Yeah. It's all for good. It's not like it goes into Mark's pocket and he's just trying to make it up for himself. No, it's all perfect. And it's great to see that Cody's not, like... Even though, yes... AEW show hasn't started yet, but it's great to see that he's not big timing anyone. Yeah, you know, you see him traveling all over the place. He's trying to build doing his everything. Brand and he he's building his he brand. He has to be him. Yeah, and and it's great to see that outside of the gimmick of Cody, who he is is about fundraising, awareness, independent wrestling, finding great talent, and I love that because that is. I'm not saying that he's saying it, but. Clearly, if we're if we are trying to compare, he's trying to be the Triple H of AEW. Yeah. Um, but he's trying to be the Cody Rhodes of AEW on his own. Um, those are some big shoes to fill, mm. because Triple H, like if you like, not just the character and everything else. And I remember uh, it's on the WWE Network you know, when they they followed Triple H. Yeah. I think it was the Triple H, the Chron- not the Chronicles. It was. The, was, it was it the Chronicles? No, that, that's Chronicles. The three. Or the 365. It was leading up to WrestleMania. It was leading up to WrestleMania. It showed the couple of days and what he needed to do. Yeah. The booking of NXT, the running of NXT, the production of NXT, you know, the, all the TV shows, the fundraising, the make a wish, like the one or two make a wishes he needed to go to. And then he needed to find time to work out. And, and yeah. then, you know, then obviously the, the NXT weekend. And then he needed to then focus on himself because he had a match with Batista. And it was while Hall of Fame. Also, and it was Hall of Fame. And he's also. The actual, the COO of WWE. Yeah. So, you know, just the amount of work that needs to be put in, you know, that type of work is untouchable at some points. Yeah. You know, to think that, you know, because let's call it what it is, Triple H is going to be the Vince McMahon. Yeah. And that's a big shoes to fill. Like, that's a lot of long days and long hours of, you know, putting in the work and what does that mean to build a brand. So, Cody is... You know, even coming all the way to a little old us, Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, when he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. He's AEW. They got their TV deal. You know, they're trying their own thing. They don't need to be coming to us little guys here. Uh, and, and he still is. And I love that. And especially, too, who knows what it is. But I'll be honest, I'm a, I'm a WWE fan for life. And it, they will come first in my mind. But if AEW comes to Ottawa, that's going to be really hard not to go to. Well, you got to go. You, you got to go. You, I got to see it for you myself. You don't have to hate one in order to like exactly. another. Exactly. So so before we wrap up this, I did want to uh, have a, one quick shout out to uh, Vanessa Craven. Oh. So she's still... On the men from her seriously well, issue. It's been quite some time. But she was there selling her merch. Awesome. 
And uh, she is Marin, who was one of our uh, special hosts, co-hosts uh, the other week. Mm. Uh, is She's Marin's favorite wrestler. Um, and so Marin wanted to go and get a picture. And she remembered Marin and remembered how Marin spells her name, which is a very uncommon spelling. Right. So she needed a little assistance, but she knew she's like, so is it, it's M-A-E... R and then Marin just finished up our way in. So she remembered her. That's they got awesome. a picture together and it's one of the things that I absolutely love most about independent wrestling that I will that you will never get with WWE and not likely with AEW as it grows, because I get it, it's a sheer volume. Um, but it's that direct contact, that direct interaction. I pay twenty dollars for a shirt, I give it directly to you. Yes. You see how much I appreciate what you're doing. I already bought my ticket. So yeah. I've already paid my money to see you perform. This is just a little thank you on the end. Yes, right. I get a shirt out of it. I know it doesn't cost you 20 bucks to make the shirt. No. But it costs it, like 7 bucks to make the shirt. You know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But it's that interaction. It's the same reason why I love Ethan Page and Josh Alexander and Ethan Page's vlogs and, and all the work they do to try and reach out to their fans. And it will... I will forever be a fan of independent wrestling. If anything, just for those interactions with these with these wrestlers, who genuinely appreciate you as a fan, and you can't you can't take that away. One hundred percent. Right. You can't. 100%. This will be us. This is our. You know, I now feel part of the C four family, even though I've only been watching it for what two a couple, years, a couple years now. But yeah. I feel like I know these people. I start seeing the same people at the shows. Our number one fan, Ryan, he was at the show. Shout out, Ryan. Love you, buddy. Um, you know, so, you know, we see him. We see some of the other crew that we see. And so, you know, it, it becomes a family. And the wrestlers are part of that family. You see them interacting with people, the smiles, the handshakes, the hugs. They all see it, and it's all just a really great environment. No, 100%. That's one of the things in... You know, unfortunately, you know, we were, you and I were on a good run going to a bunch of events, you know, two years ago. And obviously, like, they just haven't been lining up for me, which is crazy. And, but 100% agree. You know, independent wrestling is, a, you know, a culture of its own, you know, because yes, you have your WWE, you know, his, in the history, we've had our, you know, AWAs, your NWAs, you know, the WCWs. And, and then there's, Everyone looked at it as there was the big dogs, and then there was everyone else, and everyone else is categorized the same, and they're really not. You know, C4, you know, is something so different than everything else because how they do things. You know, they actually put work into the fan interaction, the storylines. It's not just some of these shows, because I watch, and I know you do as well, there's a lot of wrestling out there. There's a lot of different shows, and I try to watch as much as I can and consume as much as I can. Um... And there's, I, I, I truly, truly say it when I mean C4, to me, when it comes to independent wrestling, does it better than anyone else. Because the inconsistency that I constantly see, you know, the, they just do, they do it well, they do it right, and it truly is about the fan. It's not about making a buck off of wrestling. It's about making a profit to help make the wrestling organization so much more. And to see AEW do something in the in near future in October... But then to see, hear all these names, like Stu, like I remember just years ago, we were learning about Stu Grayson and Evil Uno, and now they're signed to AEW. You know, I remember watching MJF on Independence, and now he's part of AEW. Maybe TDT, maybe they'll be a part of AEW. Vanessa Craven, you know, when she's back up, 
I'm sure she's going to be a hot commodity, and I'm sure, you know, like AEW is going to have their eyes on her. You know, let's hope. You know, so I don't know. I just I love I love the whole concept of this event because it was wrestling fans putting on a show for wrestling fans. So, one last note before we take we close out our uh, C four um, segment segment uh, the season premiere. I believe it's the 13th season. Uh, it's taking place on Friday, September 20th. Tickets are already on sale at the old uh, Vertigo Records where they have the gold and the general admission. And then I think the regular crew, the old Shop Up-y and, uh, and Odds and Sods. And Odds and Sods Shop and then something else. But that being said, uh, I already have my tickets. So I will be there because... If I don't have to eat for a week, I'll do it. You gotta let me know when you buy these tickets. Well, they're still there. <laughs> they won't sell it yet. Um, and it looks like their promo is Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Correct. On the and cover. the ticket is Lufisto. There we so go. I'm assuming she'll be there as well. Perfect. Nothing else has been announced in terms of what's going on with it, but right. Undisputed is the opening uh, event for the 2019-2020 season. Oh, and let's so, hope to see the uh, Josh Alexander back, maybe defending his title, perhaps so against the winner of the Over the Top Rope. Yeah, so stay tuned. We will uh, keep you up to date on what's coming up with that promotion or that show uh, when details come. All right, cool. All right, let's take a quick little break, um, get a little bit organized, and then we'll cap off uh, the rest of our show just recapping the last uh, week in wrestling with Raw, SmackDown, and everything else. See you guys. Please hold. Please hold. Welcome back. Thank you for the long, long wait. All right, so let's get into um, you know the show, the week of wrestling. Obviously, we had Raw and SmackDown these last couple of days. Uh, but before we kind of get into just some highlights, we won't go over the full show, just kind of some th- things that stuck out to us, because obviously the big hot topic is King of the Ring, the build to the King of the Ring. They're putting a lot of effort into rebranding the King of the Ring. Uh, it's even all over the WWE Network, where the front page shows all of the history of the King of the Ring. Uh, but obviously we had some interesting news lately. It's been bubbling up over the last several weeks talking about it and obviously when it comes to premiering wrestling in october we're talking about aew on tnt tnt drama specifically uh but a month before nxt just signed a television deal for wednesday nights a two-hour time slot at 8 p.m um the same gonna be a month before but the same night as aew nxt will be running its own show um Obviously, a lot of people are speculating it's directly to compete with AEW. How could you not think that? My answer to that is abso-frickin-lutely. Yeah. Um, that's WWE firing first. There all has also been lots of speculation that this has been something that they've been working on since last year. Yeah, but the Wednesday specific time slot, 100%. I think, is where you have... 100%. To give credit... NXT has always been on Wednesday nights. So it's not a new concept. No, and I think that AEW is well aware of that. And that's why they also picked Wednesday originally. Yeah. In hopes that they could... Cable versus a network. That's right. Yeah. I will tell you, 
I think they're in cahoots together. I am going to... I'm going to... Tony Khan. There is no Tony Khan. It's actually Vince McMahon. No, no. I think they're going to try and recreate the Monday Night Wars. Because let's be honest. Wednesday Night Wars. Right. But we know that there's no chance in hell for at least the next 5, 10, 15 years, AEW is going to touch WWE. God, no. Right? It's just, they're just too big. God, no. And unless they start coming up with serious, serious coin, because as much as Tony's dad is loaded, Mm -hmm. and they own a soccer, they own a a professional NFL football team, a major league soccer team, sorry, a European soccer league team. Premier sport. And whatever else they own. This is WWE money as a business. Yeah. So they're not going to touch it. But when was wrestling at its biggest? When there was competition. When there was competition. And I think this is a way for both sides to win. 100%. And I think, so it just seems odd. So in some of the other news in AEW, you have Tony Schiavone signing up with AEW. That's huge. What that means for the other two Jackalopes, Excalibur and the Who Cares, Yeah. Uh, is it going to be JR and Tony? Will it be JR just doing, will he be kind of like in charge of commentating, but he'll only be in there for pay-per-views, and Tony's going to run the show? No, I, I think JR was very adamant about, like, he's here right. to, he's got years right. left of commentating. So, but that might change depending on how he feels. Would I be shocked if Mike Tanay get signed on to AEW? Not a chance. So I think that AEW is trying to recreate WCW as best as they can. There's no... I don't even think you can hide it. When Cody went around trying to take, you know, copyright some of the old shows that his dad did, I think those were to protect but also to utilize. I just think that there's just so much WCW feel to it Mm -hmm. that they're going to try and be the WCW to NXT's WWF. Well, especially right alone, TNT. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, Turner Network like, of Television. all the channels. Like, and TNT drama. The one the one disadvantage is, like, um, the, the whole cable thing was one thing for me. I thought they would have taken more of an internet route. Um, obviously, it's there's challenging. less money in it that way. Well, it's, it's harder. It is harder. It's also harder to monetize, like, to... Really understand who your fan base is, right. and advertisements are harder and things like that. Hundred percent, and and yeah, so it's it's going to be yeah. I, for so number one for the commentary team, I really think um, what I'm once again what I hope and what I think two completely different things. What I think is going to happen, I think you're going to see Jr. Tony Schiavone, but and can you Excalibur. Why not? Because well, first things first, Cody. I don't think Cody likes three man teams. So they don't, but they've been doing it. Well, right, because they can't leave the two so, of them alone. Remember, that's what I think is going to happen. What I want to happen, because remember too, you got to really look at what is what is a commentary team. There's different roles in a commentary there's, team. There's usually there's a play by play and a color commentator. But Tony and Jr. are commentators. Or sorry, are play by plays. And well, they have been historic, right? Yes. So do you move Jr. into a color commentating? And leave Tony as the play-by-play no. guy. I, I would want it just to be Tony and Jr. And just let them do whatever yeah. it is they do. I just let just let them be who they are. I will tell you that I, I have grown more and more annoyed with WWE's commentating, in 
outside of the three-man team, because I don't think it matters if it was three or two, it's they don't shut up. They're yeah. constantly talking, and especially this week, um, during King of the Ring and something else, um, they repeated the same things over and over and over again. See, what's funny is uh, I looked at it the other way. Without Corey, it was actually less invasive this week. It's I true. Think Corey sometimes, and I, and I love Corey Graves. I think eh, he's... I'm, I'm over he's, Corey. He's, he's, a, he's a nice change. Yes. Um, I think he's the one that consistently jams yeah. you know, the nail in the coffin too much. Because him, when there's lulls... Because there's, there's some times where the, us as the audience just needs to watch yeah. what's happening on TV... Corey will do things that he just won't shut up, or it's too much jibber jabber at his commentary. Exactly, it's nothing to do with the pick, what's going on in the ring. It's them. Exactly, they're trying to essentially get themselves over. The other thing too, I find is that um, they forget what their role is. So Elias is a prime example. Depending on the week, Michael Cole will be a fan of Elias, and so will Renee. But then Corey hates him. Yeah. The next week, Corey likes him. Michael Cole likes him. Renee hates yeah. him. Yeah, shut up, Cole. Like, listen, listen to the guy. Yeah, you know, he's a music god. Listen to him speak. Oh, I can't stand this. Right. Guy. So the, they, yeah. I think they, they forget. Corey's supposed to be the man of the people. He's supposed to be the Sam Roberts, in the like you know on TV. Speaking of Sam Roberts, have you been watching Sam Roberts commentary on main events? I have not because I don't watch main events because there's only so much wrestling one person can watch. Watch main events specifically just for Sam Roberts table commentary. Yeah. Does all right, so, especially for somebody who's never done it before. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, so so Corey's supposed to be like, who what WWE thinks it's the fans' voice, right, on the commentary desk, right. But right. He, he he's lost that, and he just flip flops back and forth. Yeah, and I definitely don't disagree with that. I think that's where you know, I almost feel, and and, and you know, and that's a really good point to bring up with the the th- just to bring up three men desks to begin with, where I almost feel. And I, I know this might sound a little bit dramatic, but I feel that AEW has a, a big advantage to be able to look, and especially with so many of the individuals, you know, uh, Sean Spears, Ty Dillinger leaving recently, and Cody himself le- leaving, and Goldust, Dustin, you know, all that stuff. And they've been, they've been a part of the company. Cody has been in WrestleManias, Royal Rumbles, has been a part of the company for many, many years. His dad, they have a really great high advantage to look at the WWE product and go, what are they doing that the fans hate? Mm-hmm. And one of them is three-man booths. Why on earth? And so, and, it's, and it might seem, and people might be listening to this and going, well, come on. Yeah, but but it, it irks me to think that everyone hates the three-man booth, but AEW goes, because you got to be thinking. Close your eyes and think. They were sitting around a table going, okay, who's our commentating team going to be? And you heard JR, JR, we got to get good old JR. Smart move, because JR doesn't just have amazing historic commentary experience, but um, he used to be, you know, the head of talent. Yeah. He has that backstage negotiating contracts. So many, you know, dealing with the boys and the girls in the back. So JR offers so much more. To your point, does he maybe go on to the side and, like Cole, uh, Michael Cole now, he doesn't, he's not just one of the main commentators, but he, he runs. also runs the commentating team. Yeah. So everything runs through Cole. But how, what, it makes me nervous that AEW is launching things and they go, and someone thought, three man booth, that's the way to go. Well, I think, like, I think right now it's, they're still trying to figure out who belongs in the booth, 
And but you don't put through three of them. Well, there, I think though. what ends up, yeah, but I think what ends up happening is they start with the two of them, and then at some point in time things head south, and then they look like, like the heroes crap, that they made. get Jr. in. We need to recover because maybe Jr.'s not ready. Yeah, but, but even JR JR said last week on his show, I'm a girl in JR, he's like, I would, he, like, he even said, JR, he's like, I love AEW, I love being a part of this company, and I will do what I'm told, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not in charge of hiring or contracts yeah. or anything, I hate the three-man booth, and he even, he literally even said, obviously he knew something was coming, but he literally said, if it was up to me, it would be me and Tony, behind, and maybe behind that's that desk, be. That's it. Maybe because Excalibur offers uh, pre-show stuff, pre-show stuff, or other items. Yeah. Because I think there is a there is a spot for Excalibur, for sure. There is, undoubtedly, there's a talent there. I think, if anything, what actually holds Excalibur back a little bit is his mask. I don't see a reason for that mask. It doesn't make sense to me to put a prop, a gimmick, on a commentator that it will never be anything more than that. Um, I re I see some people online saying, "Oh well, you know, it's his it's his way of it's not about him, it's about the show, so he's hiding his face." No, no. by putting a mask on, you're making it even more about your face than it is about the show. Yeah, and it I just doesn't make sense. I also to me. don't know him as a wrestler, so maybe that's all people have ever known him as. Is was he a wrestler? I think he was. I don't know if he was. Well, you know what? The power of the internet will tell us. Yeah. But I also think he looks like sh he looks like Shade helps. Yeah, with a luchador mask, and he on. looks like 2019 Shane Helms with his <laughs> mask on. Shane, love you, great guy. The Hurricane, who doesn't love him? But yeah, yeah Excalibur's so a wrestler. Mark Letzman is a retired American professional wrestler. Is there a picture of him without his mask? Well, let's check images. Images, people, please hold. Or uh, no, well, what's no, this? He... No, 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 no. He's okay. always got the mask on. That kind of looks like no, no. He's always worn the mask, so maybe I guess you know. I mean, like maybe no one's literally ever seen his face. Yeah, it's just he's rocking that mask. Oh, that's interesting. I feel if uh, Bruce Pritchard was here right now, he would be saying things like, "There's a there's gold in a match one day, a, ma a mask match." Hold on, hold on. We've what do we got here? Hold on, hold on, ladies and gentlemen. Curry man. Oh, yeah, that, I remember that. that. I remember offensive. that. Yeah, that was that was that was real really offensive. Bad. Psychosis. Psychosis. Yeah, yeah. they all got all those WCW guys got demasked. Yeah, TJP. But he was the Manic was a bunch of different guys, right? Yes, lots of different guys. Same thing with Psychosis and yeah, Imposter Kane. Was yeah, Doc Imposter Gallows. Kane was Doc Gallows, Vader, of course, uh, Ultimo Dragon. Mm -hmm. I remember when Ultimo Dragon back in WCW, he was on many different independents, and he, he I remember he well, he he was holding like twenty different titles at one time. Yeah, El Torito. Uh, the, original the original one, the non-tattooed one, the one who got fired. Yeah, because he was terrible. Was, uh, that's not Kalisto. Yeah. There's uh, Kalisto, no way that is, that is Kalisto. Seriously? Yeah. Not what you expected. He looked at looked like he doesn't. I thought Kalisto was Latino. Have you ever heard him speak? I think he fakes his accent. You think so? I think he's Mexican. Like he could be Mexican. A he doesn't bit. look it. That is that is that is blowing my mind. That right there is blowing my mind. And then that's that the uh, yeah the current one. Rosie, come count. on, that doesn't count. Rosie and the Hurricane. Come on. Uh, then the Hurricane, of course. Not really that shocking. Shark Boy looks like Colt Cabana. Looks like a dirtbag. Great Muda. Yeah, we've seen that. I don't even recognize that. Sting. Yeah, we've seen. Sting. Sting without the mask. 
Abyss. We've seen, yep. We've seen Parks Is he still with WWE? Mask. Is a well and a producer in the back? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you don't even hear anything from him. Well, he's a producer. You don't need to hear anything from him. Yeah, no, but here we're changing. Okay, no. Yeah. This was just, Kane, this didn't help yeah. at all. But anyways, that didn't help us at all. But anyways, Anywho. either which way, Excalibur, I think there's a home for him. Um, I don't know what it is, and I, and, I, and I hate being that person because I'm a big advocate and fan of if we feel, you know, if we're going to complain about something, have a solution some of the time, but I don't necessarily know what that is. But, uh, but yeah, anyways, more to come on that, of course. I think, uh, and actually, hold on, just some notes on, so yeah, so of course, we know that October, um, that's when uh, TNT Drama will be holding the AEW uh, Wednesday night show. Um, is it live? The NXT? No. Or the AEW? AEW. Apparently, AEW is live. NXT is also live. NXT is also live, yeah. Um, I think they have to. They can't afford going pre-taped and knowing what's going to happen beforehand. Yeah, um, I mean, the network at Caesar went only an hour because people understand it, right? But right. obviously you're making this NXT as being no longer, truly no longer being uh, seen as a... NXT is the third brand now. It's now full It's, the, it's the third brand. brand. It's got its own TV deal. Apparently the TV deal was worth $50 million. Not much, though. For a startup. Um, they, that wasn't that didn't that wasn't shown. Smackdown yet. got five billion dollars, or sorry, well, one billion dollars. One billion dollars yeah. for five years. So. Yeah, that's because Smackdown's been on the show for over twenty years. I know, but I get it. I mean, it just doesn't seem like that much. Um, what do I know? But no, I think. But remember too, the, it's the type of it's the type of product you're signing up for. It is new developmental talent. So, mm -hmm. um, but obviously, uh, yeah. So USA Network, it's a two-hour show Wednesday nights. It's going to be starting September eighteenth. Just about a month before AEW. Um, How do Canadians watch this? Uh, the Canadian. So my understanding, unless anything else, so right now uh, we do not get the USA Network. However, if you are in Canada, you are usually watching uh, via um, SportsCenter. Sportsnet 360. Sportsnet 360, sorry. Formerly the score. Um, the good thing is, uh, rumor has it that usually right now when you watch a Raw or a SmackDown, four to five weeks later, it's uploaded on the WWE Network. Apparently, the next day, within 24 hours, it will be loaded up on the WWE Network. Uh, so you can still follow it if you do not, if you are not a cable follower like myself. I do not have cable. Um, I watch the network. So um, and also WWE Network, get your stuff together. Apparently, when you're in Canada and you're oh, on the app, oh, it's full on terrible. Yeah, there's the a little thing, bug that they're working on. It's and terrible. You can't even watch the Chrome. Like you can't even use Chrome and watch the website. It's just absolutely yeah. terrible. Well, I can I can watch the website. That's just, the only thing that I'm doing. On your tablet? No, I can. I'm on the I'm not on my tablet. On like the internet, like the yeah, computer. Yeah. That's what I mean. The computer yeah. seems fine. Roll like, right, right, right. Sorry. Stuff. Oh, you're talking about Chrome. Um. Uh, sorry, I had a little pose for a picture there. Probably look horrible. Let me see how I look. Not bad. My little, uh, my, uh, oh, what, what's happening here? Some steamy photos. Um, <laughs> it's a picture of his back. Um, but anyway, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Let's get back on track. So it'll be not bad, not bad. It's portrait mode, man. It's not bad. Mode. Good, good, not bad photo. The guns aren't looking that good tonight. Um, so yeah, it's going to be on the WWE Network the next day, and apparently takeovers will continue on the network primarily. So every Wednesday you're going to get your NXT, uh, but on um, on the USA Network. But the takeovers will not be on the USA Network. You're st just like WWE now. You see your Raw on USA. You see your SmackDown soon to be on Fox in October, 
And then, of course, your big pay-per-views are on the WWE Network. So, apparently, very little Vince involvement. Triple H is going to be running the show. Uh, overall, in my notes, I wrote here, this is the beginning of the Wednesday Night War, as well as this is bad news for AEW. This, that's nothing but bad news, because let's be honest, we uh, us as, as hardcore wrestling fans, we put NXT on top of everything else. They're they, in cahoots. I, cahoots, I, I tell you. Kyle thinks they're in cahoots. Who knows? We will see soon. Maybe Tony Khan is not. Wednesday Night Wars. Hashtag it. He's an actor. Wednesday Night Wars are coming. But anyways, let's get up into our last little segment of the show. Let's talk about some just highlights of Raw and SmackDown this past week. Of course, the big thing... Uh, over the last week was the announcement of the return of the King of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I was always a big fan of the King of the Ring. My only notion is if you're going to return the King of the Ring, I believe the King of the Ring needs to be back every year moving forward. That's my big thing. So my thing with the King of the Ring, I will tell you that I like the people in it. Yes. I like the mixture. I don't necessarily care for the Raw side, SmackDown side, because they've blown that up. Um... You know, because apparently Drew is on the Raw side, even though he shows up on SmackDown all the time. Um, but uh, you you have to change what happens when the winner wins. Because oh, 100%. the last three or four times, they buried the winner. And made it useless. Mm, kind of. Uh, we Wade had, Barrett was Wade, the last he, one. They buried a big time. Well, so, like, I don't want to say bury... Really? The Cosmic but, King? So here's the thing. The Cosmic King. The last two, the last three to four. So you're <laughs> looking at, I'm just trying to go from memory, you said Wade Barrett, and you had Seamus, Booker T. Now, of course... King Booker? Over the last several years, it hasn't been on every year. There's been gaps in between. But, um, you know, King Booker, oh, man, like Wade Barrett, Seamus. I think the big thing that went wrong was they... All of them took upon this King moniker. It worked for Booker T because it was funny and Booker T can make anything look like a million bucks. But the King Barrett, the King Seamus, all of that. So for me, what I hope for is simplistic. King of the Ring over the next couple of weeks needs to be, um, which doesn't seem like it's going to be its own show. I would love, instead of Clash of Champions, I think it needs to be King of the Ring. Old school King of the Ring. When you're yeah. looking at Owen Hart, Bret Hart, and, um, you know you're looking at Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H, Brock Lesnar, all of these great former King of the Rings. The way that you did was King of the Ring was an event. You leading up to, you had big brackets. So even though we do have uh, 16 individuals, which we'll go over the individuals in a moment, I remember way back when you would have 32 people in it, and what you would do is essentially over week over week leading up to the king of the ring you would have your matches your qualifying matches your first round your second round leading all the way up and then the night of the king of the ring you had your final four where you had your you know uh, like for example one of my favorite king of the rings was the 1996 where what you had was vader the last four was vader versus jake the snake roberts and mark merrill versus stone cold steve austin then of course after that in the you know the co-main you had the finals so you did you did know that the winner or the the finals of the king of the ring they would have to fight twice that night which puts a little bit more of a you know mystique on there like they're gonna have to face more than once and more than one match um but of course yeah so i think there's a little bit of a letdown that king of the ring is more of a gimmick than less than a 
uh, pay-per-view in an event itself. Yeah. However, I think it's great. I think if they want to have it back, which what's old is always new again, which can work, I really think that there needs to be stakes involved. There never really were stakes involved in King of the Ring. It was always, it was kind of, you know, who who the, the company had their eyes on next. And, and, I, and to your point, and I agree, I love the individuals in here because it's not filled with Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, The Undertaker. Like, it's not filled with top stars. It's people on the high echelon of almost really big, 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 or big stars, a couple. Like, you have Kevin Owens in there. He's yeah, but he's not star, up there now. But he's not up there right now. Um, but yeah, we'll kind of... Do you have anything to... Before we get into the actual brackets what itself... I, what I find interesting is that it's got more of an international flair than the World Cup of Wrestling did um, when they did the World Cup oh. in Saudi Arabia, which this right. this this bracket should have been the way that World Cup of Wrestling brackets was. True, very true. It was just all Americans. But then Shane McMahon wouldn't be the best in the world. Ugh, he kills me. I just want to smash my face into a wall when I see him. I know, but, um, for sure. Yeah, so I mean... You know, we'll read out the bracket, and then you tell me who you think is going to be in the finals, and I'll yeah. tell you who I think. I think that'll be a fun, little, a fun little thing to do. Let's let's go over the bracket. Let's choose who we think is going to win each side. Okay. Let's write it down, and at the end of the King of the Ring, we'll see who who actually. So, of course, a little bit of a cheat because four matches have been but, done. But we talked about it before we even started watching Raw. We did. We did. So every prediction was pre-result. So right. yes, it wasn't right. like we were using right tainted um, information. So, of course, on the, I'm going to call it left side, but the raw side. But let's not even talk about brands. The left side. Um, so we had uh, Cesaro and Samoa Joe. Ricochet, Drew McIntyre. Um, Cedric Alexander uh, and Sami Zayn. And then, of course, the fourth match, The Miz versus Baron Corbin. And then on the other side, the SmackDown side, quote-unquote, Kevin Owens versus Elias. Ali versus Buddy Murphy. Chad Gable versus Shelton Benjamin and Apollo Cruz versus Andrade. CN Almas. I find it interesting that the Raw, quote unquote Raw side, are physically bigger guys. Yep. Than the SmackDown guys. Other than Elias, who's kind of biggish. Elias is big. Yeah. But when you put him up against I totally get what you mean. I mean, like totally he's, get what you mean, it's though. a big it's a big size difference. Um and also it's interesting the way they're pairing up some of the pre existing storylines or pre existing history. Um, to kind of, I think it allows people to get more invested in the individual matches, right? Um, when you, because you're putting it over so many weeks, that people need to, um, uh, you know, people need to to see what happens. So, um, yeah. So, who did you who do you think's coming out of the raw side? So, here's what we have so far, just to finish off the bracket. So, of course, this past week on Raw and SmackDown, we had two matches on Raw, two matches on SmackDown. Uh, so, Samoa Joe did beat Cesaro in, in a, quite, a, quite a good match. Uh, Joe looked very, very strong. I would have loved to see Cesaro get a little bit more of an, up, uh, an edge up on it, but uh, really, WWE can see that they're on Joe moving deep and far. Um, we know Cedric Alexander defeated Sami Zayn. Poor Sami Zayn. Can't catch a damn break. But I do have... Based off of SmackDown, I do have a theory. Uh, no, I think he's going to be more into a manager role. As we saw in SmackDown, he's now the manager of Shinsuke Nakamura. Okay, enough of the fart noises for the fans on the podcast. That is not even <laughs> sound effects after the fact. That is me and my opinions on the Sami Zayn and the use of him. 
Then we had uh, Kevin Owens and Elias. And to your point, some mixed storylines. Obviously, Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens having some really heated issues. Kevin Owens trying to play the nice boy because he doesn't want to get fined. Elias did capture that victory of a quick pin of Shane McMahon coming into as a referee so later on. Uh, then, of course, Apollo Crews and Andrade. Andrade's really, really hot right now. Andrade did win. So, out of the whole bracket, uh, lots and lots to define. But based off of the, who do you think are going to be the final two? So, in... I think on the quote-unquote raw side, it is going to be Drew. Okay. Just kind of the way that you look at the matchups, who is going to beat Drew? Legitimately anybody, not a whole lot of right, people. Right, because anybody who wins... Kevin Owens two weeks ago, but anyways. <laughs> but anybody who wins, it has to make sense. Right. Um, so I think it's going to be Drew on the raw on the raw side, and the SmackDown side is going to be Andrade. Andrade. Especially with, I mean, even more so, because I thought of this beforehand, but even more so the fact that Elias won, uh, it makes it all the more plausible that Andrade can beat everybody else on that side. I really true. like Andrade. I am sold on him. I think he's going to have a hard time being the number one guy. But I think he's going to continuously put on great matches. No, I think good point. The Kevin Owens annoying thing with Shane McMahon, it feels like a a play on Stone Cold and Vince. But as I was, I'm getting caught up on all of my podcasts, so I currently just finished um, the same Valentine's Day Massacre, right? Where it finally came to a head, um, the first time, right? That's the problem. Is the build between Shane and Kevin hasn't been long enough or this last one should have been the end of it and then they should move on. But the fact that they keep going just drives me bananas because I don't... I, I want Shane gone. I think that's the end game. But I think we just need more time to get there. I just feel... Then they shouldn't have had that match. They shouldn't have had the match at SummerSlam. That mm. should have happened. They should have... It should have either started and it come in and somebody interrupt it or whatever the case would be. I just feel like now you've taken this king of the ring and you've wasted a match. So I think, so I agree with you. I think this one's really hard because we want Shane gone so badly. That's where I think the really hard part is. So I, I don't disagree. I'm sorry. I don't disagree with you. Um, where I think that they're coming from, I think they're going to put Shane McMahon so far down our throats that it's going to feel that much better when he's finally gone. Um, because we really look at it, Shane has inserted himself in Kevin Owens' business. He had a match where Kevin's career was on the line. Shane would not do the favor and put his career on the line. Kevin came up next night. Um, Kevin kind of loses his lid because of everything, and he puts his hands on an official, gets fined $100,000. Now... If you put your hands on official again, not only will you be fined, I, apparently Shane's reconsidering the fine, as Kevin did apologize, and he's trying to be... Because obviously, you know, to Kevin, and, and, I, and I like the, the move on the storyline, like, hey, maybe $100,000 isn't much to you, but that's everything to me. So, and, I, and, and they Is don't it? usually prioritize money so much. Storyline. Storyline. Um... <laughs> And maybe, who knows? Maybe it is. Maybe it's yeah. not. Um, I guess it'll shock you sometimes how much people actually do or don't make. But it, I see what you mean. But um, but no, and then of course, yeah, then screwing them out of the King of the Ring. I think, whether we like it or not, I believe this is, Kevin will be the one that gets Shane out of here. I think he's, they're just 
putting him in really bad situations to when it finally happens, we're going to be... I think WWE is frustrating us enough to when it does happen, it'll make us that much happier. Not necessarily maybe the right way to go, because I agree, a long time ago Shane should have been gone. That would be better for all of us instead of him taking up, especially this past week, yeah, well, I guess we're on SmackDown, numerous segments with Shane McMahon. Shane is in the main, you know... Um, as a referee, he's in two or three segments, call, constantly calling Kevin into the, you know, like you had a two-hour show with, with Shane being in three to four segments of SmackDown. That was absolutely ridiculous, so. But no, okay, so you have Drew and Andrade is going to be your finals of the King of the Ring. Who do you have winning it all? Drew. Drew. Perfect. Drew. I think Drew. I think Drew's going to beat Andrade. Um, I, I'm interested to see if they're going to do it on, the paper, on a pay-per-view. Mm. I feel like they shouldn't. Just because you haven't done any other matches on a pay-per-view? Um, what, like the finals of the King of the Ring? Yeah. yeah I think it's a pay-per-view. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm it's going to be a pay-per-view. Really, I'm not really sold on it. I don't know why it would... Well, maybe you're not... But I think that's... It doesn't make any sense to put the finals on like a normal Raw or SmackDown. I don't know. Maybe you put it on, uh, on the 20th anniversary of SmackDown. Maybe. It's a way to pop off on... First ever episode on Fox. Oh, very true. That, that could be a way. So the oh, way yeah. I had it, so of course, same thing myself. I had Drew winning it all away. Drew on the quote-unquote Raw side. Now, I did originally have Andrade, but I wanted to switch it up a little bit because at first my, my gut was Ali going to maybe go, but at the same time I feel that Ali's fire is dimming down a little bit. Big time. Big time. But I, I, I almost thought to myself, is this going to be maybe where they try to put him in a position? But I feel Andrade's too hot right now. So I will say Ali is who I originally said. So I got to stick to who I said at the beginning. Um, but I do agree with you that Andrade and Drew seems like the most... Um, it makes the most sense to be in the finals with Drew going up on top. I think this needs to be a great... I would love it if they do things like this and it meant something. Like I would love it if they just said, you know what? Why does King of the Ring mean so much? And don't get me wrong, they've been able to do King of the Rings for the last 30 years, and there's never been something to it. Um, however, just say, you know what, we're going to have the King of the Ring, here's your people, by the way, winner's the number one contender for the title. Of their choice. You yeah. know, whether it be the, you know, the Universal or the WWE Championship. You know, have a little bit of, oh, now I'm not just looking at the brackets going, here's who could win the King of the Ring, is here's who can get the next shot. You know, because that might change your outcome. Who is going? And of course, Drew. I know in a couple podcasts ago we talked about, you know, by the end of 2019, 2020, who do we think we're going to see? I think it's a matter of time until Drew McIntyre gets his shot. Um, I, I like how they're slowly waiting. They're not just tossing it on him, just to toss it on him. Um, and they're 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 kind of making more of a slow build towards uh, what will be my hope is a long run for Drew as champion. Um, but no, so that's kind of King of the Ring in a nutshell right now. Um, based off of Raw, um, I, if you want, I could just go through some quick highlights, get your take on it. Sure. Um, obviously, you know, King's Court kicking off on Raw. King's Court, not much of a King's Court. And looked like it was a way to get Jerry the King Lawler getting attacked by The Fiend. There is some rumors that apparently WWE is scrapping The Fiend gimmick. I don't know if you heard that. I did not. I try or not they're to PG'ing read, him. I try not to read into it too much. My concern with The Fiend is when you have a character 
that is as quote unquote powerful, what do you do with him? Right. So you can't, he can't lose. Not now. Well, even still, if he loses, then what do you do with him? And if this is good, I feel like this is the problem with Bray Wyatt and these kind of, while he sells these characters really well, they don't have a lengthy life to them because at some point in time, he has to lose. Yeah. And when he loses, then it's like, well, who beats him? Let's say it's Finn Balor comes back as, as the demon. Right. So the demon beats Bray. And so now the fiend is nothing. I see what you mean. Do you almost feel that Bray does too good of a job? Yes. That oh, it makes it very hard? 100%. Yeah. I really enjoyed the time that he did on SummerSlam as the Fiend. I am okay with him taking out Legends. Um, I think that it it protects both him and the rest of the roster. Very um, true. Very true. Because the only other option is, is he goes after... Like squash match type stuff like you know the local right. talents or you know what would, would i love it i would love to see him show up on nxt huh and just take out one of the guys on nxt you never know when you're show gonna up see on him. 205 live take out one of the guys on 205 show live. up on evolve one day yeah and just take someone out yeah and, like yeah. you know just do that um i still want to see more of a struggle though between the the super nice apologetic yowie wowie bray and right. the fiend and then that's maybe how you get rid of the fiend or how you kind of can keep the fiend around is that he does everything he can, but every once in a while, it comes out and he has to feed. It's like a different version of uh, Finn Balor with the demon. Right, but you don't need to do it so often. Right. Like, he's he's the good guy, he's trying his hardest, and then all of a sudden, boom, you know, something happens and the fiend has to come out and feed. Yeah. He beats a guy, and then he goes away again. That's not, that's not a bad idea. That's so, not a bad idea at all. Sign me up, WWE. I'm ready to write, my, write your stories. There we go. Um, so of course, yeah. So we saw the fiend. You know, we saw a good match with Roman Ziggler. It yep. was a very great way to kick off the open overall. Um, you know, Ziggler getting the advantage with a little preempted super kick with his distracted uh, complaining, but Roman uh, was uh, on the up once again. Uh, they went over some twenty four seven stats, which I think it's way too early to go through all of that stuff. Well, it's because it was um, leading into the segment, right? True, uh, but just in general. Um, then of course they talked about lots of things coming up into Raw. Sasha's going to return, uh, you know, talking about, you know, um, him, her attacking Becky, her attacking Natty, bringing off, you know, like, especially too, when we kind of got to that point, Cole really tried his best to really, you know, you were gone for four months. Where were you and what led you to come back? Oh, you know what I like you know, though, is I like the Becky segment. The Becky segment was great. And I, I'm okay. I'm okay with, with WWE acknowledging the person the real stuff yep um and if becky's not the only one to do it um no. you know when we had john cena and um the usos uh who right. ironically then got arrested again yeah. um like break like almost tear, tear open the fourth wall a little bit yeah just a little bit and because we all know sasha bitched and whined and walked away for a little bit yeah we all know so, that so why not call it out and it yeah. helps feed the storyline it does it's not like you're just calling it off the sake of calling it that part was okay. I like the Becky thing because it still fits Becky's attitude that she's trying to convey. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I um I didn't like. I mean I I'm all for Jimmy Anvil Lightheart as part of the Heart Foundation. Absolutely loved it. One of my favorite stables. I don't think you need to keep bringing up his death. 
Well, it was because of the one year anniversary. I know, but even still, and then and then to yeah. just I think that was for Natty. But even like for me, I think feel like Natty needs to Natty has had an entire career of hanging on to the Hart family legacy yeah. that she hasn't really I see what you mean. I think it's, it's, it's hard when... Made her own statement. The problem... The one part I really didn't like was... The how... Like, senior... Yeah. And, um, you know, like... Um, I even wrote it down here. Where the heck was it? It was the stupid... It was the stupidest line of the night. Um, where is it here? Go to hell. Tell your daddy I said hi. Yeah. That was a little much. I just... You know, I just don't... Yeah. And, and and I get and I but I do I do know what you mean and and, and, and like like so number one I totally one hundred percent agree and I'm on your side I, and I think I could also look at the side where to play devil's advocate and they do that for Natty you know what I mean like even though yes it's easy to kind of be like hey get it like and I'm not saying that we're saying or you're saying like get over it your dad's died whatnot no but Natty does have a legacy of her own she can create has created and has done well you know and I do know what you mean a lot of it has been built around. You know, Anvil's daughter, she's a heart, you know, like all that stuff. But, but yeah, I think it was just a, li- a little tasteless on like, yeah, the, the, the hell comment. Um, I would have, I would have liked to see Sasha be bratty in a different way than just being like, no, just, I, my hair, you're welcome. Or just like, kick it her just ass. seemed dumb. But just kick her ass. Yeah. And be done with it. Yeah. Well, like, I would have been even fine if it was like, no King's Court, no Sasha Banks. Bye bye. Yeah. I came for the King's Court. Yeah. In the ring, spotlight, historic segment, and too many, too many like, like, like oh my, like the Peep Show, Kevin Owens Show, Miz TV, yeah. a, a moment of bliss, like King's Court. You know the Piper's Pit, like too many people. Like don't get me wrong, the historic Piper's Pit and King's Court historic shows. Barbershop, barbershop, but like Dr. moment yeah. of bliss. It's just a whining segment now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's almost every week too much. Like, it was good while she was off with an injury. Yeah. It but makes now sense. that she's back, it's yeah. it's just stupid. And now, I mean, I they're, think. And they're competing successfully in tags, so why not let them run with that? Well, that's it. And if anything, Nikki and oh, Alexa this... has done so much more for the women's so tag team. But they still need to fix the Nikki Cross thing. So, mm. especially this past week, when they introduced Nikki Cross, they did the whole camera thing and the music where the camera was kind of right, 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 right. she's crazy. And then she stands there and she does her whole thing and then she tags with Alexa. Then she's with Alexa she's holding her coffee in her hand, yeah, like, kind of rubbing her title, going, mm-hmm, tell me more, sister. Yeah. Like, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Um, but I appreciate the least they are competing. Um, it did kind of, the moment of bliss did make me feel like there's going to be a queen of the ring at some point. Queen of the ring. I just don't, again though, who are you going to put in there? Because you're going to put your major eight I hope you're 16. Don't. Because you have you don't have a big enough roster. We, well, you don't have a big enough roster, and on top of that too, and and I say this respectfully, um, in all of wrestling, everywhere, female women's wrestling is hotter than ever, and it's iconic. It's it's legendary. It's it's there. I just don't think you just you don't need to do everything just because you haven't done it with a female Agreed. yet, and like a queen of the ring. Just a, I don't know. It's just and don't get me wrong. And if they do it and support it, cool, gotcha. Because we'll be able to say that for the first time ever. But I think though, if you're going to do a pay per view, a king of the ring pay per view, then maybe that's where you put the queen of the ring. Yeah. And you run them both. Both the entire pay per view. Yep. You can. Then that's where you can maybe put 
to to points earlier talking about c4 you can put storylines aside a little bit and it's all about the, com the competition to be who is the best in the male bracket and the female bracket and literally have fun with it and chill out on storylines for a little bit in the most part and just have fun and everyone's just more so shoving and pushing on who's going to be the king yeah. or queen of the ring that's, that's a good idea that's a good idea again I'm a little bit see, more on, on wb on sign me up um please don't sign him up not yet um or at least take me with you please <laughs> we'll be the new writing staff fire all 27 other of the schmucks kyle and i will be your writing team um okay joking aside then we also of course we had ricochet and miz versus drew and corbin good match good hype leading up to talking about here the competitors of the king of the ring yep. uh better match for corbin lately got some booker t got some thoughts on hall of famers getting attacked by the fiend so you know um, he's next so you know he's next exactly. you know what i want i want him showing i want a fiend showing up while booker t is doing his podcast or his radio show whatever it is there you go and then sam roberts while Jim and Sam are on the air live in the morning oh in New God, York. that would be incredible. Just wee wee. And then just a mandible claw. Oh my God, right especially because most people would have no idea what's going on and they'd totally freak out. Oh yeah, Jim, like, uh, Jim Norton would just be like, what the hell's happening? Why is the guy putting his fingers down? Like, uh, so it sounds like something that Jim Norton would pay for. Someone putting their fingers in his throat. Anyways, if you don't watch Jim Norton, you don't know what that I means. don't. So that was an um, awkward, awkward statement. Awkward statement. Watch UFC, <laughs> watch UFC Unfiltered and you'll know exactly what I mean. It's awesome. Matt, Sarah, and Jim Norton do the UFC podcast. It's hilarious twice a week. Anyways, then, of course, next you had Braun Strowman and AJ Styles for the United States Championship. Ended with a disqualification. The OC kind of helped. Vis-a-vis -vis from last week, Seth kind of had Braun's yep. back. I was okay Paying with that. the favor, returned the favor was good. Clearly, out of everything, the handshake, um, you know, like the overhand shake, which was overemphasized, which I liked it because it called it out for yep. the fans and the people on TV. Right from the back, uh, preparing for what ended up being then a tag team match with the OC Not versus Braun and Seth. We'll get there uh, for the um, Raw Tag Team Championships. Uh, clearly, what all of this is doing, regardless of how we're getting there, this is we're clearly seeing Braun being built back up to a Universal Title shot. You know, Seth is very open. It. What's that? Until he ruins it for himself. Well, apparently, things backstage for Braun has been getting a little bit better lately, mm -hmm. uh, but we'll see. He's, he had, that's one thing that Braun hasn't been consistent in is his back backstage behaviors, his attitude, and everything else. Um, then, of course, we had a King of the Ring uh, qualifying match. We, of course, know that uh, Joe beat Cesaro, as we talked about earlier. Joe looking strong. Good effort by Cesaro. Then, of course, we saw Elias playing the piano, getting ready to record something. And then we saw Drake in his little 80s gear with his big black hair. Um, I loved how they clearly, I believe, they have found that the roll-up is played too much. Yes. Roll-up did not work. Couldn't even get Elias down. Drake, unfortunately, then got pummeled uh, all the way through to the recording system and sound. Um, and then, yeah, just especially to our truth then later on tried his opportunity uh, in the ring to get it. Um, Two-time roll-ups. Elias did escape. Elias still your 24-7 champion. Uh, building up to uh, New Day versus Revival, but then, of course, we had a backstage promo with Rey Mysterio talking about his losses, how Andrade disrespected him by ripping his mask, and he hasn't been able to do anything about it. So clearly, you know, usually a man, especially a legend like Ray, as active as he's been for so long, someone disrespected, and he hasn't been able to get that revenge yet, and that's eating at him. He's now questioning, it, like, like I can't even stand up for myself anymore. I can't win. I can't win anymore. 
That's Rey Mysterio, damn it. Just kidding. Um, but here's what I'm thinking. Chad. I was going to say, what do you think about the whole Rey thing? We saw his son, Dominic. I, uh, I'm, I'm tired of the son thing. Either put him in the ring or don't. Let's move on. Okay. Like, he's just... He, it, the son thing has been going on for a quick little while. And nothing happens from it. Right. What I'm thinking should happen... But has it? have they meant... Have they led it to believe that it was in a wrestling style this entire time, though? I don't know. I just don't care. That's right. That's where I can think they can get away with the other stuff. Because it wasn't like they were teasing him being... No. But... What I think should happen is Andrade should recruit Ray and talk about how much more powerful or more how much better Andrade has been since he lost his since he got rid of his mask because before he showed up in NXT he was a masked luchador. Right. So maybe we'll get a Ray without. I think we should get a Ray without. We've seen Ray before WCW. Yep. Oh, lost for a Chris while. Jericho. He was all. Uh, yep. He was maskless for some time. Ray, if you've never, number one, if you've never seen Ray Mysterio without the mask, Google it. Very easy to find. Handsome man. Good look. Good looking. But guy. I think there's a way of of kind of capping that story with them and being like, Hey, Ray, like, I did, I'm doing you a favor. I do it like in Spanish. Yeah. I talk about how like maybe the old school lucha feeling isn't. You know, why are you allowing the mask to be? who you are when the man should be who you are and that's true over overcoming that you like it's it is truly about the man behind I'm just the mask trying to i no longer need the mask kicks yeah. andrade's ass or even so like i'm trying to relieve you of you know the limitations that the mask brings right no very very i, I like See? that i like that again wwe sign me up wwe don't sign them up because we'll get some weird things in there damn right you will <laughs> That's where we'll get the Dick Druids from Joey Ryan. That will definitely not. I'm happen. just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, no, no. Good, good point. But yeah, I think I think it's nice overall with, with the segment. I felt yes, cheesy. Yes, something different. But overall, it was it was a nice segment because at the end of the day, you had a son come to his father's aid while Ray, while Kyle rolls his eyes and now goes on his phone. We've lost Kyle. Um, you know, it, it was just a nice segment overall. Or really, it was Dominic trying to you know, get his father's spirits back up and running. So, uh, but no, so right from there, we had the new day versus the revival. It was after a great match. Looked like, uh, we had, it ended with a little bit of a disqualification with an RKO out of nowhere from Randy Orton, where then Randy Orton and the revival then pummel down the new day. Kofi comes to help. He gets beaten down himself Gets held down. The big and overall outside of the big beatdown for what looks to be Randy Orton and the Revival as a, as a little bit of a yeah. more on the, the same RKO. There we go. Um, Xavier's knee being taken out was a really big one. Looks like all of this is going to lead up to a Clash of Champions match where the New Day will put on the SmackDown yep. Championships against the Revival. And then does the um, Revival win and the, the New Day take a little break? Who knows? I think it would be good for the New Day to take a break. Um, especially to... You know, Biggie, Xavier, you know, let Kofi do his thing on his own. Um, but, of course, the big question is, how is Xavier's knee? That jump off the top rope while being in that leg lock was, um, you know, it was clearly, especially the reaction from Xavier, was yeah. quite devastating. Um, how is his knee going to be? Is it going to be in, t in, sh in good shape in time? Will Kofi step in? Are they still doing the Freebird rule anymore? Who knows? But um, hopefully it's not too bad for Xavier. And um, I'll tell you, Xavier sold it quite well. He did. At first, when I was watching, I was like, oh, damn, is that for storyline? Or did that guy really hurt his knee? Um, but yeah. Quick segue on the Viper. The Viper. The XFL, starting in February 2020, That's right. has released all 
two, four, six, eight. Yeah, eight teams. Right. So we have the Dallas Renegades, the St. Louis Battlehawks, the Houston Roughnecks, the Seattle Dragons, the LA Wildcats, the New York Guardians, which is based on the Gargoyle, as I learned, the DC Defenders, and the Tampa Bay Vipers. Mm. My hope, though, is that this has nothing to do with wrestling. It's not supposed to. I know it's not supposed to. I'm hoping, though, that things don't go quite as planned, but they don't start dipping into the wrestling to try and and pull those stories. Referee gets an RKO on the ring. Not even that. Like I don't want to. I don't want to see the wrestlers promoting it. I don't want to. No. I don't want to watch Raw or SmackDown and have advertisements for XFL. No. I want it separate because I think it's important that you try. If you're trying to legitimize the football league. You gotta keep wrestling out of it. Yeah, and 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 they they did it a lot before where they kind of dipped in. You saw Ventura, uh, Jim Ross as a commentator made made a little bit more sense for Jim Ross. Yeah, it was harder because he was doing double duty, but at the yeah. same time, big OU football fan, uh, big football fan, college football fan in general. Yeah. Um. So that kind of made more sense. But yeah, you did see some, you know, The Rock coming out doing a little bit. Well, of Well, then speech. they went the whole full blown. WB storylines with trying to get the cameraman into the women's locker room and you had yeah. the coach dating cheerleaders and such. So, yeah, so. I just, it was just, when you said Viper, like when you said Randy Orton, I thought Viper. No, it's a good piece. And especially too, yeah, it's, you know, we're, we're not several months away from the XFL uh, debuting, which I'm pretty excited for. Um, and, and not, you know, even though people make fun of it, call it what it is, the XFL wasn't, didn't go away because it was bad. It, it went away because of funding, consistency, with teams and management and everything else, um, they were pulling through like th- over 30 million views per game, which was crazy. Uh, absolutely crazy. Um, but yeah, of course, Gabe, we talked about, so after that, um, with Randy Orton and the Revival kind of teaming up on the New Day, we did have the Sasha interview we kind of talked about a little bit earlier. Um, then we had Alexa and Nikki uh, go against Mandy and Sonya Deville. Um, Alexa and Nikki um, had one good little match. Sonia, I think what, what's really hard for me with Sonia, with Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville, is how much better Sonia Deville is than Mandy Rose. 100%, but they don't play it that way. They don't play it that way, um, but it, I think it, it's it's quite apparent yeah. when they're a team. I feel Mandy and uh, Sonia should kind of maybe just, it makes sense as a tag team because they're a part of that absolution and everything else, but I think it'd be good to kind of split them up a little bit and uh, I think Sonya would thrive very well as a single star, and I think the women's division needs that right now. Especially more, on SmackDown. Especially on SmackDown, exactly. So, but good match overall. If anything, the best thing that come out of that is not just Alexa and Nikki winning, but what I love about this is how consistent Alexa and Nikki are on every show, pay-per-view, and if anything, even though they've only been around, you know, still in 2019, they've done more for the women's tag team division in Great. the last couple just... Two, less than two months than anyone has. Yep. So then, of course, a backstage segment segment with Braun staring at the WWE title once again. I love that. It's that fun build where it's obvious. You know, we know Seth and Braun are going to get their uh, Raw Tag Team Championship shot, and Braun kind of staring at the title, and Seth being like, "Hey, hey, come on, focus, focus." Like, I get it. You're going to get your shot. You know, we're going to get there. Not just this ignorant, you know, blindfold. Uh, Then, of course, we had Cedric Alexander defeating Sami Zayn. Poor Sami, can't catch a damn win. Um, 
Natty promo, then attack by Sasha. And then, of course, at the very end of Raw, we had the big one, the end new Raw Tag Team Champion. Kyle's not favorite booking, but Seth and Braun are now the new Raw Tag Team Champions while defeating the OC with Gallows and Anderson. AJ did try to insert himself and interfere, which he got received by a curb stomp from Seth Rollins, so it didn't really work. Um, I know we talked about it a little bit, and what's your take on, you know, the whole... We're, I guess here's a better question for you, because I know you are no, you were not a fan of it, and you're not a fan of it. What do you think the point of this is, if you had to give one? Well, I don't know the point. So, I... If you had to give, had to give no, But I've said it before, where I take issue when you have two singles that come together and beat your tag teams. Right. What is the point of your tag teams, then? You have two singles that... Any two singles can come together and beat your tag teams... You've instantly weakened your tag teams. It's yeah. very similar to... And even you, they acknowledged it. Yeah. Even when Gallows and Anderson said that. Like, yeah. they're not even a team. Why did they deserve to get a title shot? Exactly. And so, you know, when you had Braun beat the bar... Yes. Same idea. You had to restart your tag team division over again. Yep. So, what's the point of having them? Why do we need this? The storyline only benefits Seth and Braun. Yep. It doesn't... We finally had the OC. You finally had Anderson and Gallows doing something. Being quote-unquote top guys not yep. still for the revival but you know you you've obviously slid the revival over to smackdown as and then you allow anderson gallows to finally be an important part of this quote-unquote oc yep which they were the oc was doing good yeah. as it was and so then now heel heat week right. over week so the only way you can do it is if seth costs costs braun the tag titles right back to the oc otherwise you just, you've instantly weakened your tag team. 100%. And that's where I think, uh, obviously, they, organizations and, you know, sometimes, or sometimes by certain storylines, they don't always learn from their own lessons. Uh, so I definitely agree with that. And my hope is that in the very near future, obviously, we're going to see Braun and Seth disagree. Um, undoubtedly, Seth and Braun as a team is a very strong team. So the idea of them being able to win a tag team championship together makes sense. However, to your point, and I agree, it kind of interferes with the tag team division. My hope is that, yes, while Braun and Seth struggle together uh, to be able to a team, because I, I think Braun is going to be overconsumed with the thought of the Universal title, um, one of two things, either very soon we're going to see them battle against each other Visa, Shawn Michaels, and Stone Cold when they were tag team champions way back in the day. And you're going to see, you know, the Universal title on the line against two tag team champions, which I hope doesn't happen. But I hope they kind of get into a little bit of disagreement, but the OC can convincingly get it back, but put themselves over as well at the same time and beat the crap out of them. Almost like a revengeful win, where by all cost, a heel wins at any cost, AJ helps, whatnot. But then Braun and Seth get their butts beaten, you know, to almost put that good heat back on them, but also put the titles back on them again. So, but I'm, I'm with you. I thought it was, it was stupid to do it to begin with. Same time, maybe they have something up their sleeve. Probably not, but... All right, quickly, then we'll kind of jump right into SmackDown. Of course, the biggest thing on SmackDown was to reveal Roman Reigns' attacker. That was the big thing. I got, uh, I'm got. i excited to see your thoughts on that. We'll get to that at the very end. I feel, um, like, I feel like the audience can hear my reaction. I know. Kyle's disappointment in many I feel things. Like you can hear my face. Uh, King of the Ring tournament continued, of course. We kicked off the SmackDown with Randy Orton, with the Kofi feud, you know, 
clearly from way back 10 years ago with Randy Orton calling Kofi stupid. That's the continued method, stupid, stupid. Kofi got his revenge on the Revival and Randy Orton with the help of a chair. Went into the King of the Ring qualifying match, Andrade versus Apollo Crews. Good little match, Andrade wins. Shame for Apollo because I just don't know if there's ever a spot for him. But every time he's in the ring, he puts on a hell of a performance. But I think he's just hard to really establish. I think he's just got a generic thing about him. Yeah. He's just generic. Yeah. He's a nice guy. He can never be a bad guy. No. He's, he can't. Too nice. And he, yes, he is physically impressive and he's athletic. But he can't talk on a mic. And he's got nothing to like really set him apart from anybody else. Yeah, it's hard to make it. Because it, because they built him up as such a nice guy, smiling all the time. It's, you're right, it's, it's hard to kind of see him bad. I almost feel that there is a room for people like him because you do need those B and C players. Yeah. But I, and I think he kind of fits well there, but at the same time, he's always good for a good match. Not everyone can be ever a top superstar. Yep. So I think, unfortunately, I think that's where Apollo is going to be. A good person because every time you see an Apollo Crews match, he's not excuse me, easy to beat. He's going to give you a hard time, but he's never going to win the big, big one. Unfortunately. Um, then, of course, we had a backstage segment with Shane calling Kevin Owens in, talking about last week. Kevin Owens apologized, talked about the 100K fine. We kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, then, of course, Daniel, Daniel and Rowan bring the attacker into the back room. They have him. They want to show him to Roman. That's going to be the big reveal at the end of the night. And then we go to a little bit of a 24-7 segment. Elias walking, ref in a hoodie. Elias discovers the ref. Says, where is he? Drake Maverick's in the box. You know, tries to attack him. Gets Drake to read a little clause from Shane McMahon saying that the 24-7 rules are on hold. So Elias has be. the operative... What's that? It should never be on hold. should never be on hold. I completely agree. Uh, if anything, that's the, that's the gunning moment to think. Could he lose at any time? Because someone could interfere legitimately right. because it's the 24-7 championship. They could have had double... Double impact. Yeah. If anything, too, that could have been a nice little change where Kevin wins and he, you know, advances in the King of the Ring and new 24-7. You know, it's, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but you're right. If, if you're, if Elias is in the King of the Ring and you want a King of the Ring to be established more seriously, don't then he it. shouldn't have the title. Yeah. You should have allowed him to get a roll-up pin and lose it earlier that night. That's just, yeah. So, uh, Moment of Bliss, very boring. Charlotte... Um, not one of her best promos. Spoke very unconvinced. It was a very Jerry Seinfeld I'm, moment I'm with tired Charlotte. Of it now. Yeah, clearly what they're doing is they're promoting towards Charlotte and Bailey. Bailey Jeez. can't. Sounds like she's you know a little twelve year old girl trying to be mean in her mirror. Um, yeah. You know, like just let her be the baby face that tries to overcome. Just That's what give Bailey Oscar needs to the be. belt. It's the it's the opponent that makes the most sense for Charlotte. Yeah. I, yeah, 100%. I think the SmackDown Women's Division is in a little bit of a turmoil right now, where it's a little lost. You know, Bailey. it's, it's great to see Bailey in a championship ways, but I think with certain talent, you need to simplify things. Instead of it being Bailey needs to talk trash to people, Bailey just needs to be the champion that everyone else tries to chase after. I'm the number one. She doesn't need to be saying, I'm the number one. That means I'm better than you. Yeah. That's a heel move. I just think that Bailey is a character that needs to constantly overcome. Yeah. 
Yeah, the Dan- the, the the 2014 Daniel Bryant. Yeah. Over and over again. Yeah. She's never good enough. She will never be good enough, but she can win the big one. Yeah. Yeah. And then and Charlotte needs to have a better opponent, either better on the mic or potential to be stronger and more brutal in the ring. Yeah. Very and true. And that's how you how you play her. Otherwise, like she's so above everybody else. It's very it's very true. It's very true. So, but hopefully, you know, once again, you know, Charlotte and Bailey. I'm sure that the, the, in the ring they'll do something decent, but. Mm, uh, I think that's very, very, very hard because they're two very opposites, and someone needs to establish the heel, which is clearly Charlotte. And Bailey cannot be playing this almost this edgy heelish baby face. It's not a good look on her at all. Um, I really loved the build with Roman talking to Buddy Murphy. Yeah. Once again, I thought this was really good for the reveal, even though the reveal we'll get opinions on in a second, but. You know, I loved how it was like, I'm pretty sure it was Rowan. I don't know what to tell you. Like, you asked me, I was trying to help. That's going to make more sense later on. So I found that really, really good to put in there. Because that kind of ties everything in, justifies why Roman did what he did, justified Buddy for doing what he did as well. Um, then, of course, we saw a big match. Big match. Buddy Murphy versus Daniel yep, that Bryan. was good. I enjoyed that one. That one... Buddy Murphy, boom. He put his ticket on the card that night. Um, Daniel always looks like a million bucks. Buddy Murphy, one, I think this is one of his best matches. A legitimate clean win. Um, what I liked about it was you saw that Daniel had the match in the bag, kind of took it for granted in his, in, in his body movement, which allowed Murphy to capitalize. Not just in a little stupid schoolboy with a finisher and a pin. I thought that was... Like, I even wrote down, how good is Buddy? You know, like, especially, too, Daniel helped make Buddy look like a million bucks. I love the return of the Rings of Saturn. Mm-hmm. A very, very, a move we haven't seen very often. Daniel Bryan p- uh, put that out. And, uh, huge win. Of course, being the heels they are, Rowan and Daniel were very sore losers, attacking Buddy in the back. Did you have any takes on but on that? What did you think about that? So I mean, I liked I liked the buddy component of the story, and I liked the match. I thought the match was really good, and I did like the buddy one, because otherwise, what's the point of them? Yeah, you bring him in from Two Hundred Five Live, you got to do something with him, and I think these are the kind of matches that he can win and should win, and he makes people want to see him more. If he had lost, it would have been like, well, what's the point? Hundred percent. Everyone would have just been like, yeah, makes sense, Daniel Bryan, you know. Because obviously we all know there's levels in WWE. There's levels in wrestling. And Daniel Bryan, it, what I loved it is that it didn't mean that Buddy was better than Daniel, but it, it just it, it helped Buddy. You know, Daniel's established himself a lot where a loss like that doesn't hurt Daniel. If anything, it's easy to look at it and go, ooh, he got one on Daniel Bryan. Yeah. So then, of course, after that, Revival promo turned into a match against Heavy Machinery. Revival won. I think I skipped that one. Uh, so that one, w- not one of Revival's best matches, which is very shocking. But, but also you got to look very, two very different tag teams. Uh, but it was an okay match. You know, there wasn't anything too crazy about it. Fun little backstage segment with Chad Gable. You know, yep. doing a little interview. Uh, Shelton Benjamin being in the locker room behind, slowly sneaking out, putting a little picture on the back of the door uh, for then kind of sneaking his way off. Gable to go back in to read 
Obviously, you know, you need to be this tall to be a part of the King of the Ring, which was slightly taller than Chad Gable. Taking a shot at how small he is, obviously in one of the brackets, SmackDown, quote-unquote, side, you're going to see Chad Gable versus Shelton Benjamin, former tag team partners, uh, together. Miss TV had Sami Zayn. Sami was all about, once again, conspiracy. He can help people. Leading into Shinsuke Nakamura, which ironically enough, and this is one we really missed, was Nakamura at SummerSlam? No. We completely missed that. When we talked about the card. Because he doesn't have a story. But we missed that he wasn't going to be the Intercontinental title. We completely missed that. Yeah. Funny how they, they were able to sneak that away. If anything, is that impressive or is that really bad? I just think they don't have anything for him right now. Right. So... But clearly what they're doing here, you know, like Sammy talking about people needs help, needs help. Uh, Shinsuke comes down, Miz trying to reason with Shinsuke, kind of being like, are you going to let him talk for you, Shinsuke? What are your thoughts? And usually we got the no speak of the English, now you get the no speak at all. Personally, for me, if they're not going to do anything good with Sammy and he's just going to lose, and Sammy's a great talent, let him be on the side a little bit. Let him be the mouthpiece for Shinsuke. I just... I'm interested. I will give it the opportunity to see where it goes. I think it's. I think Sammy's in a tough spot because really, where do you put him? He started off great as a heel, um, as Kevin Owens' sidekick. Yeah. They split him up again. He doesn't really. They fit had a great rivalry else. together. Yeah, he doesn't really fit anywhere else. Uh, Shinsuke, though, I just feel like you're constantly throwing things against the wall with him to see if it sticks. I think his very much lack of being able to speak English really hurts him. Absolutely all. agree. So that's where I'm, ex- I'm I'm interested to see where this goes. Yeah, I just also think, like, I think his time is up. I think, I don't think he hit the level that they were expecting him to hit, partly because of his, like, you know, the language barrier, and partly because what fu- it succeeds in NXT doesn't always carry over very true the long very drawn true. out openings definitely don't carry over well to the main roster um i just feel like he needs a solid storyline that actually runs a lengthy amount of time that plays back and forth yep and i thought the, other than all of the kick punching nut punching whatever you want to call it with aj styles could have been that that story but he just hasn't had anything since. Yeah, no, it's it's a, it's a it's a it's a tough one. Shinsuke has a style, and you know, you know, everyone always talks about wanting to see that King of Strong style, and it, it's not much different from what he's doing now in his matches and what it was on New Japan. Um, just certain things don't transition as much. I think the hype, the build, the entrance, and everything else was so much more. Uh, but it does seem like he's holding back a little bit. And, what I think this is going to lead to the Miz going after the Intercontinental title again, which I wouldn't mind seeing. No. You know, the Miz with the with, the Miz can do more with the Intercontinental title than I almost think anyone else can. Yeah, because you know he will raise the stakes on that. So we'll see where that goes. Obviously, we have Night of Champions coming up soon, so we're, they're going to be trying to establish because usually all the titles well, are on said the line. It. All the titles, all the titles are always on the line. So there'll be eighteen thousand so, matches exactly. Then of course. You know, we had the King of the Ring, you know, the, the co-main of the night with the King of the Ring qualifier, Kevin Owens and Elias. Elias overcoming. We talked about it earlier. You know, Shane kind of saying, if you touch another referee again, you're going to get fired. You're going to get, you know, you're going to get your fine. You know, uh, Shane coming in with a ref shirt. 
and all that. But Elias advancing in the King of the Ring, Kevin Owens and Shane storyline continue. But then, of course, the big thing of the night, the thing we've been waiting all week long since last week, Daniel and Rowan with the quote-unquote attacker of Roman Reigns. Roman comes to the back. Daniel really saying, you know, like, it bothered me so much of the fact that you, my friend Rowan, you accused him. And everyone's saying it was him. But, we, you know, we did the research and we found who it was. It was unveiled. It looked like Rowan's father. It was another bald man with a long, not as long as Rowan, but a long orange beard. It looked like a Rowan look-alike. There was a little bit of a stare. Roman was very confused, which was probably the best way to finish that off because we were all confused, so it makes sense that they're confused too. I'm, I'm curious, what did you think of it? Where do you think they go from here? So... Or do you even, th or do you think this is a cop out and they're just botching the angle altogether? I think they're botching it altogether. Yeah, I not, do. Even, not even a botch. Or are they just maybe just exiting out of it really early? I don't know. I mean, I feel like everything's been a misstep. The initial thing falling was terrible. Yeah. The car thing was great. The car thing was well done. Yes. yes. Everything else, this long drawn out thing with Daniel Bryan. Where is the, the environmental warrior that did the big spiel as he was walking down the ring to the ring from the back, you know, from the concession stand? Like, where is that calculated, take no prisoners, real badass Daniel Bryan? Yeah, he's going a little bit crazy, but it's not serving a single purpose. Right. So, what's the point? And so, I just... If you're going to have a Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns, there's a better way to have led to this. And I'm okay with that match. I just, this storyline, I feel like was really built up and has fallen flat. Because it doesn't really make any sense. We don't have any reason why Daniel would attack Roman. And this whole, I don't even buy his... Like, obsessive thing to try and help Roman fight out who did it. Like, it just... I don't know. I'm just... It's not what I wanted out of this. And in fact, I really, even since the very beginning, felt like this was going to lead to nothing. Totally agree. So, here's my, my one of two things. My, my theory of it all. Number one, I think this is the... I think they've changed their mind on where they're going. They rebook something. So, I think this is the easy way out to just stop the whole thing. Or they have something so genius in mind that this is a part of their plan to make us go, ah, oh, God damn it, are you kidding me? For us to go, whoa, hold on a second. You know, maybe is it, is like, is this the length that Daniel and Rowan are willing to go so far to make it end up being them in the end for a reason? You know, Daniel Bryant cuts a hell of a promo and you know when it comes time to explain if he was the attacker, uh, or if he planned the attack, you I at least have confidence knowing that Daniel would do a great job explaining why he did it. Um, so that's really where I stand. I think yeah, it's it's and obviously that's easy. It's either they're doing it or they're not doing it. But I'm once again I always give you know I want to give them the benefit of the doubt and say, is it you know like are they getting out of it? And if so, where do we go next week? My my hope, and I could be wrong, I think that they're playing with us. Because if they're getting out of it, I don't think they would main event that segment. That's my only thing. 
if they were really pulling themselves out of it, and this was their way to get out of it, would you main event that segment on SmackDown as a botch and get out of it? Or is this... But who knows? It could have been Vince literally that day. Yeah. Find a bald-headed big ginger with a, with an orange beard and... Yeah. Yeah, like... Because it's it, happened, right? It could just be rolling all along under Daniel Bryant's, you know, uh, under under his gun... But then they were like, shoot, Rowan, like, they saw you. Like, they saw you. You you got outed. What do we do? We blame it on another bald gingerhead guy. Yeah. You know, if that what it ends up being, because don't get me wrong, but Daniel Bryant, Roman Reigns, and if anything, there is a story there. Yeah. Because when you look at a couple of years ago, it's very easy that Daniel Bryant can turn around and go, why did I do this? When I was in the middle of trying to get back into the ring, you were the guy. You were the up-and-coming guy. And the company chose you over me because they did, you know, Royal Rumble when Daniel Bryant was trying to kind of like make his way back up. It was Roman that won that Royal Rumble. It was all Roman, 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 Roman while Daniel was trying to build his way back up in between concussions and injuries. It was it's an easy way of jealousy. So I think you got something there. But at the same time, where do you go with all of it? Who knows? But but no, but that's it for on SmackDown. That was a quick little re. I guess not a quick, not so quick, but um, a, a fun, different way to kind of break down each segment. What what's about and get a little bit more in depth of what we think about certain things. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. But outside of that, and you got to see the the C4 wrestling event from last week. A good uh, rundown of Raw and SmackDown, where we're going, where we've been, the King of the Ring, um, AEW versus NXT. Um, obviously, the Wednesday Night Wars are beginning. That's all I got, Kyle. Anything else you wanted to go over? No, that is all I have. Okay, cool. Well, close the book on this close edition. Close the book on this one. Once again, my name is Kyle. And my name is Mark. And obviously you've been listening to the 613 Wrestling Podcast, because if you didn't realize that, there's something wrong with you. And, uh... <laughs> Wait, great way to end the show, Kyle. <laughs> Kyle's checked out. Uh... Uh, all right, so on that note, we will uh, talk to you guys again. Uh, next week. Alright, see you guys. Six one three wrestling. wrestling.